0: ATP podcast. I have with me today a uh, fellow friend and trainer, Drake Eaton, out of Paramount Fitness over on the west side of Cincinnati. Uh, quick intro. I'm Jacob Moore, your host, uh, trainer at Cincinnati Functional Fitness over on the east side of Cincinnati. So we got a little yep. west side, east side meetup, and uh, it's gonna be the first one. How we do it? We'll just see
1: where it goes. So well, ATP, right there. I mean, I'm I'm pretty interested in. Uh, and why you came up with the name ATP specifically like where's the training and philosophy aspect coming from in terms of the podcast because a lot of podcasts are either about objectively just how to train but a lot of times no one's really talking about why we're training I'm assuming that's where it's coming from right
0: yeah that's that's kinda where it started um, so i have the ATP thing is just an attention grabber, honestly. I, right. I have, uh, you've seen my Instagram handle on the other one, yeah. the Adaptive Training adaptive Principles, training, yeah. ATP right there. Okay. So that's okay. kind of my whole, you know, a good just trying to be adaptive, but also grab attention there. Right. Um, but with the podcast, naming it ATP, a Training Philosophy Podcast, is really because I went to the seminar and it was pretty life-changing for me. Well, life-changing, but as far as my outlook on training. Perspective changing. Pers- perspective changing, better word for it, yes. and um, I was really more about instead of focusing on all the the numbers and the science, which is great, the how. that has a place, but the how, the why, and the, the deeper why, meaning yeah. behind it all. Yeah. And so, a training philosophy. So it's you know a philosophy on training, why you do this, but it's also we're training our philosophy by talking. Right. And then you know it's coming from a fitness background. I'll probably talk to a lot of fitness people, but. It's
1: more also just kind of about life stuff and philosophy to go like with that. That carryover idea. Because like what we're doing isn't just, we're never just training. We're never just training our bodies. All training has carryover outside of physicality. Exactly. So, and I think a lot of times, and I've, I've listened to a lot of it myself, it's got a lot of value, but a, a lot of the times it's about, about uh, how you do certain things. And, and there, there's value in that. I do want to know how to personally squat 600 or how to pull 700 those are goals. I specifically have but To not ask why before how leads you down a road of, of Confusion a lot of the times is halfway through it. You might be in a, an inter- intermediate or even reach your goal And then ask yourself. Why was I doing this all along? Exactly. So if you don't find this way to get that consonance between your physicality and and your lifestyle, right? Because training carries over into everything we do in life. Yes, and and asking ourselves those questions about our own life and about our own training leads to a narrative for ourselves. I think, like we right. have a narrative rather than just doing random actions for the sake of it or right. because someone said so.
0: No, the right. the you hit the nail on the head right there. The the why first. You know, yep. why are we factor. doing all this? Not just the how and the what, and I mean that's that's important too. But the real why, and then I mean, you know, life is is just training for more life. So yes. it's all together. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the amount of things, that's why I love this field, is because the amount of things I see in the gym that then I realize outside in the world that this is the same thing. It's yes. the same, and I'm stealing a little bit from the seminar guide. Uh, shout out to Juan Carlos Santana out of uh, IHP Institute of Human Performance down in Boca Raton, Florida. Awesome seminar, awesome certification, check him out if you get a chance. But he's talking about, he used the term chunking and using strategies from different fields. He was, example he used was you know he's learned to play the drums at sixty, and he found a lot of the strategies he used to learn to play the drums he carries over into the gym now i I see it the other way a lot is where I've yeah. looked at it where yeah. things I've used in the gym I'm like I can apply this to just problem solving in general and it's this the carryover is so much again that's yes. why I love this field that I don't want to limit it to just training. I love focusing on that, and I love all that has to do with fitness and training and bettering yourself yeah. physically, but just even in your job, and your relationships, just you whatever have it is. You excessive
1: energetic specificity. Yes. You know, because if you can't see the carryover from one thing to the next, be that in the gym, because I'm, ex- you know, I'm one of those conjugate crazy guys, but <laughs> it would be that in the gym or from the gym to life or from one aspect of, of our lives to another, if we don't see everything almost like a Venn diagram, then uh, a lot of times I think we're gonna feel that isolated emptiness of, man, I haven't been asking why. You know what I'm saying? You start just doing this one thing and it's an isolated aspect of your life. And before, before long, that fire isn't going to be able to grow very large because it's not being, you know, if you're, if you're uh, fueling all of the aspects of your life with the same wood, that okay. is your philosophy, yeah. right? Yeah. So all of the fires in your life are coming from that same place, that same passion, and they're moving in a direction together. Like I love the word consonants right so if my Can you if, define that for anyone that may so not constant, I, I mean the way I describe it to people the it. way I describe it to people I work with or use that term philosophically or in, in, in relation to training when I say you're I'm seeking consonants what I mean is that everything that I'm doing is moving me in the same direction meaning there's there is uh, carryover and consonants are similar but they are a different term versus the cat dog idea of, of what we're doing in life pulling us directly separate directions Right, your your one aspect of your life is pulling you towards you know, if so your social life involves if your social life involves partying and getting drunk all the time and sitting around on the couch only, right? And yet you claim that your your physicality or your physical life or your training pursuits are trying to drive you towards physical excellence, those aren't there's no consonance there. While if my social aspects are like the lifting club on Sundays, right, Mm -hmm. if that's a part of my social life, that has consonants with my physical pursuits and progression and desires. Like I'm going to improve my social dynamic because there's people who share the same goals as I do, trying to push each other further up the mountain um, versus drag me back down yeah. through the actions that I'm taking with them. So the same thing with diet, right? my diet can have consonance with my training and have carryover and the other things in my life, or it can be in direct opposition with what I'm trying to accomplish. So if I'm eating a bunch of Twinkies and sugar, and not drinking any water or whatever, I could go on and on about that. That's certainly not gonna get me in the direction that I see, theoretically say my training wants me to go, right? Or that right. I want my training to take me. Yeah. So if I, don't, if I don't seek that consonant in life, then, uh, then there's gonna be some issues. And I mean, that even comes down to our own aesthetic in life, right? I mean, I do that a lot with the, you know, with the Viking stuff and how there's actually a carryover between that and the physicality and yes. the discipline of training. So I see these things even in what seems to be just surface layer of veneers. I still find consonants in those so that I'm not running into that same inner opposition because if we don't learn to accommodate our inner opposition, we'll become our opposite, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? If you're not yes. learning to put things in the same direction, you know, you hear that Cherokee story where it's like um, everyone's got two wolves inside them that are that are fighting, and one, say, represents all these negative qualities or aspects of ourselves, and one's the positive, the stereotypical dichotomy of life. And, you know, in the, in the story, the boy asks his grandfather, well, which one of those wolves wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed the most. Hmm. And that's a very beautiful teaching. But at the same time, at some point in my life, I remember thinking about that story and saying to myself... Well, what about the idea of turning both, both those wolves the same direction rather than okay. facing each other inwardly, right? Yeah. Making the inner quali- my inner qualities and, and parts of myself, whether they be negative or positive, and actually turning them and then some way or another, as contorted and abstract as it sounds, putting all of my energy in a consonant direction so that I'm actually going right. forward. I'm not fighting myself anymore. I'm going forward inwardly and outwardly through my actions and thoughts. So that's, the, I guess, the, to me, that's, that's a, a very long-winded description of consonants in my life. Yeah, no, that's
0: I, I like the wolf analogy. That's very well put, putting them in the same direction because, I mean, with anything, I, I don't like the idea of, I mean, yes, in a basic sense, okay, everyone has strengths and weaknesses, but it's, it's not so much that it's a weakness or a strength It's good or bad. Relative. It, it can be relative. It can A strength can be a weakness, depending yeah. on where it is on the spectrum, depending absolutely. on how much you put into it, yep. things like that. And yep. so it's like, okay, maybe I'm a hyper-competitive, uh, me myself, I'm a hyper-competitive person. Yeah. That can be yeah. hugely detrimental to yes. my social life, to just my own well-being. You know, I can get in my head. But not to rugby. But, well, well so right. the, it you can. Yes and no, yeah, that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yes and yeah, no, absolutely. I can lose my cool.
1: Absolutely. But
0: if I learn how to use it right, because it's, it's a motivating factor, that gives me a lot of drive to do what I want to do, you know, to g- push me in that direction. Yeah. And, th- and there's, you know, countless, any other quality like that, y- I think you can apply some sort of positive, like you said, putting both wolves in the, in the same, same direction, direction even yeah. though there's an introverted side to you and an
1: extroverted side to you. Well, you know, well, I'm balanced. Balance it out, yeah. yep, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, rather I spend than time- seeing those things as negative and saying, oh, well, I'm shy in these circumstances. Well, maybe there's a purpose Behind that, maybe I need more reflection in right. this point exactly myself. Exactly. And then there's the, you know, I don't know how to shut up. I like to talk to people. Well, let me start a podcast right. and talk exactly. to people no, and make yeah. it meaningful. Rather than exa- <laughs> and, and then you're kind of overcoming, you're overcoming this uh, very modern, what I, I, in my opinion, a modern obsession with, um, with uh, avoiding dichotomy. Almost, you know, people are afraid to realize that they often contradict themselves yes. or find themselves in a position of a philosophical or literal paradox, right? But those things are inescapable. So if you're able to see that everything's got three dimensions, even ideas in my mind have three dimensions. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to look at them from a different angle, we're going to find purpose in them and therefore move ourselves forward, yes. upward and onward, right? Whatever, whatever that is for the individual, for every man, a, a different pursuit, right? So everybody's exactly. got a different... Uh, a different meditation, a different uh, ideal. But the point is that rather than seeing these uh, these aspects of ourselves as negative or as hindering, we can even use them. And for, for an example, you know, I don't have, and this is just purely wording, but words create our reality, right? So we speak our reality into being. So rather than saying, and I do this to myself all the time, I've got, you know, I've got uh, small legs, for example, <laughs> and on the note of physicality, right? Well, it's not necessarily that I have small legs; it's that I actually have a much larger upper body than my legs happen to be. So, actually, changing your perspective on things and seeing them as that gives me something to focus on, anyways. Yes. You know, oh, those are small. Well, now I have something that to fulfill myself through the achievement of, mm-hmm. rather than going, oh, well, I've got this. I should just give up this passive nihilism, right? Like just accepting. Yeah. that.
0: And I think that comes too with the the need, and again, I'm I'm just as guilty as anyone else. And I'm try this something I've paid more attention to in the last couple months as I dig deeper into my. Itself, but the, I think the need to be right kind of fuels that, you know? Yeah. What is right? What anyways. is right? Yeah. And once you let that go a little bit and are just willing to admit, and, and yeah. you see it in politics, you see it in religions, you see it in all this, right. and that's Absolutely. where everyone fights yeah, with each yeah, other. Yeah. And it's just, it's this way. And I've come to a point in my life oh, where man. there's very, very, very few things yeah. that I accept as 100% true. Absolutism is I hard. I question almost everything, and yeah. oftentimes my conclusion is I really don't even fucking know no like, you don't exactly like, so you just have is, to go with it kind of yes. you know, that's great this yeah, is I how I that, feel man. and I'll kinda of give a reason you know based off of right, this right but I'll always kinda of be like but you know what I've been wrong before and I've changed my opinion yes, and yes. It's, I think it's letting go of that need to be perfect or right about everything yeah that kinda of helps you see that, you know, that dichotomy, like you're talking about, being there's afraid no to, be way
1: to one way
0: or the other. Yeah, I to might think have said that there's something a way week. is
1: impossible. I mean, yeah. how could there be a way, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't, oh man, this reminds me of a great, oh, so the, a favorite poet of mine is actually called, uh, for anybody listening to this, I do recommend it on the note of philosophies, Khalil Gibran. Okay. Uh, he, on the lines of Rumi, another excellent poet, but um, in, one of his, uh, in one of his books called The Prophet, he mentions, um, you know, say not that you have found the way. Say not that you have found the truth, but that you have found a truth and a way among many. Well, that same principle as the Buddhist kind of statement that uh, there are many paths to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. That same principle carries over in so many spiritual or religious teachings. And yet, oddly enough, hypocritically or contradictorily enough, a lot of these a lot of these groups would say that their way is the only way. When almost every uh, religious or traditional doctrine involves, or even just um, uh, religions of the earth before doctrine existed involves the idea that there's many ways to the way, you know, yeah. there's many small ways to the great way and the great way is indescribable anyways, so take, take your route the mountain's up there, right, right. it doesn't matter, you if, get there, exactly, you could take the straight and narrow or you could wind your way all the way to the top, it's going to be a different journey, but you're going to get there, but it's going to be your journey, exactly. and that's going to that's be exactly. for you and, and I you think only people get caught up in the, in the mistake of trying to explain their journey and through the explanation of their journey people make the mistake of thinking that that was the only way because they got there yeah and we could talk about fitness there we could talk about you know in my case we could talk about all these different 800 pound deadlifters out there and they'll talk about how they got an 800 pound deadlift and you spend too much time if you spend too much time just looking at so-and-so's way to get there, you're going to think that's the way to get there. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of ways that haven't been done yet. In fact, if any of it, to anyone we're talking to, ourselves invo- included, if I ever deadlifted 800 pounds, the only way I got there was my way. Yes. That's the only way I could yes. have got there. So the idea that, like... Oh. Yeah, sure, I'm learning from all kinds of people. I, I, I read, I, I watch videos, I have conversations with the guys like yourself, but at the end of the day, whatever I achieve in or out of the gym, it was that's how I got there. Yes. And I, I used a lot of other people's knowledge. I certainly, nobody is self-made. That's an absurd principle in the first place. But at the same time, to compare or to say that my way was the way would be folly because it can only ever be my way. So at no point on your path could, it, could you take the same route, right. you know? So I think in, in training we find that same you know problem as trainers. We get caught up we talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah. We get caught up in what methodology, what set and rep scheme if you're yeah. get more or specific. what or, Worked for me and you start projecting, right, projecting things that. that you
0: want onto someone yeah. versus actually thinking, Well what do they really need right. and why? Right. You know? And yeah, like you said, it's it becomes this, you know, not everyone got to an eight hundred pound deadlift the same way no. and, and there's gonna be more and more ways and Yep. I think that the, the, from a programming standpoint, that's why I get to all this, the adaptive stuff,
1: it's more and more adaptive.
0: Yeah, that nothing is, yeah. it, there's guidelines, there's definitely proven guidelines, and back to the science works, just yep. to get that,
1: Absolutely. but
0: there's, there's something to be said for being more philosophical about it, and being more of right. a coach about right. it, than a trainer and trying yes. to cater to the individual, and this is what this, case by case,
1: Case, by case. no one's gonna be yeah.
0: 100% identical. Not gonna They're, run
1: people through the same thing and, yeah. ex- and have the same result, no, it s- just simply won't happen. Similar things, similar. I'm gonna train baseball right. players alike. Absolutely. I'm gonna train Absolutely. soccer players yeah.
0: alike, Yep. but even positionally or just based on what they give me to start, right. things like that, what their goal is, what they really need to work on, and it's all case
1: by case, and you just have to break and that, it down That from principle there. of, of I've, I've had to learn this a lot with my clientele and a lot of the people. I've got a lot of clients driving different directions right now. Like, for example, I've got three people who are about to do a well, whether female bikini or male bodybuilding in this case, but some kind of physique-based competition. I've got people that are aiming towards, in in the less near but very near future, getting into a strength competition of some kind. Mm -hmm. Guys I'm helping, whether they're doing a strongman or powerlifting meet. And then I've got people who are literally just trying to stay in general health conditioning. And I understand these are all very broad um, range of goals. But what I found is that with all of them, rather than focusing on simply um, telling them what to do, which I've done for years and done relatively well for years, I'm trying to get to them to a point where they have some degree of auto-regulation. A, that makes my job easier, dramatically easier. They'll still want me and need me around because I'm their trainer, right? Yes. I could use a trainer, although I don't have one currently. I really damn well should. <laughs> but the point is that if I can get them to a point where they don't need the exact this is the way idea right back to that right I want them to figure out using my tools and using yes consistent trends in physicality or in training practice But I want them to be able to auto-regulate based on their body, based on their experiences, and based on their desires and feelings that day. The more I can pass that ability on my clients, the faster my clients will succeed and the better trainer I'm going to become internally and externally. Yes. Getting people to train themselves by training. Train people to train themselves. Exactly, yes, to
0: be more aware. Because I mean it's, when people first come in and you always I get this, you know, I try and ask them, you know, how difficult was that and they just give me this blank look like they don't even they know don't they even have no know. idea right. what they are yes. capable of yes. and you know they're maybe more likely to quit early because they don't know they can push that extra yeah. or or maybe the other way maybe they push too or they hard go because too they don't hard and they're looking
1: crazy. They need to back off but their egos <laughs> yeah. in the way, yeah. you know. The, and, they're the standard guy who just won't stop. You know, the last rep looked horrible, and yeah. the next one looks worse, but he won't stop because of a totally different and less common mentality. But it's still is something to run into because you just have to learn where that line lies for you yes and that's hard to teach people but it is, it is and possible because again everyone's different yeah, exactly and they have to find it themselves Absolutely. and that's that's
0: one thing I, I think i definitely need improvement on as a trainer and I'm, I'm looking to get into that more and really like you said train people to learn how to train themselves yep. yep so that again makes your job way easier way more effective And how much
1: quicker can you teach them new things that way yes rather than continuing to Tell them the same old things you've tried to say since day one. Exactly. You actually have the room to breathe. Yes. And think. Well, what can I show you now that you don't know? That what can I give you new? Or how can we? Okay, what? How can we make
0: this harder, yes. better, yes. More beneficial. What's the next step in the progression? You know. But, then
1: you have that growth as a trainer.
0: Yes, and then that relationship where you know you can know. Because I always thought about this too. It's like I don't have anyone at this high a level yet. But it's like you know, the the work rest balance type thing and like someone who really knows their body and is a hundred percent of an honest like, look, I'm I'm not having it today. This is a rough day versus yeah. they're kinda of having a bad day but they're just kinda of quitting on me yeah. a little bit. Where it's like I can tell and I can build that trust on both ends that like I know when you tell me or when I can see the certain signs that you're out, you're out. You're or out. I know when yeah. you're feeling it, you're feeling it, and that like
1: you said, getting them to be aware of that. And that's, I mean, getting myself to be and aware with of With athletes, it. you work with athletes predominantly. So that's a whole nother thing because you're having to regulate them in the gym, being conscious of the fact that they're going to have to, well, they have coaches, but ultimately regulate themselves on the field or mm-hmm. whatever their yeah. given pursuit may be. So that puts another responsibility on your shoulders because you don't have control over what they're doing on the field even though it's your predominant responsibility to make sure that they ultimately do well right. outside of their actual sports practice. You're the largest influence on their performance and maybe even more so since you're creating their raw potential. Exactly. So, or at least their uh, raw ability through training. But um, it really does make you very conscious of, of, of progression of an individual based on... I'm going to take a step back and think about like, um, like, you know, my client Pam very well, Yeah, a woman who came to me in, in her fifties and, uh, you know, no, no real sense of, uh, exercise ability, no muscularity, no fitness background and, uh, was well overweight, you know, and in a matter of a couple of years, she lost a tremendous amount of weight and got in great shape. But what I found became the issue with her in the initial period was that she had trouble regulating and stopping herself i mean she got to a point where she was doing 17 overhand pull-ups yeah all the way with strict form as a 50 something year old woman i mean i know guys who are excellent athletes who can probably never will do that right and then the issue becomes in when when you start when somebody starts to see success and start to see themselves uh, in the above average category of whatever they're doing whatever they're pursuing in fitness or athletics regulating themselves and avoiding injury, and I experienced this myself with powerlifting in the past, becomes the biggest challenge. Rather than initially start working with somebody, you're having to teach them, you're having to encourage them, you're having to have them push harder typically. With some of them, as their knowledge improves and their ability improves, There's that intermediate in the bell curve. I think we talked about this, right? Where they think they know everything and they think more is always better. And having to stop that athlete from literally burning themselves on both ends Mm -hmm. um, or that client, in my case, even if they aren't doing athletics, is that's a challenge as a trainer in and of itself because you have to try to convince them that they don't have to. Utterly destroy themselves every time they have to find their thin red line And I was bringing that back to your athletic thing like if they have a game at the end of the week You have to balance training and athletics exactly and then you have to give them the philosophical why yes Right back to the original point of of the podcast really is that? Why do you need to do these things and what are your given set of goals be that literal like on the field or? philosophical if you can't have an answer for me as an athlete or a client then maybe that's, that's almost like a bell, a ring, and you're like, maybe you should back off and think about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Encouraging people
1: to say, well, am I auto-regulating, or am I just pushing myself to do 17 pull-ups every day? Right. Right? Um, and then you see, the, you, know, you start to see deterioration after that, but yeah. you know, that's, that auto-regulation point is all I'm getting at there. It's amazing how hard it is to stop people um, once they reach success. To keep them bound or reined in is another responsibility as a trainer that's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, and I think you see you see a lot of that today, and just people in general fitness and like with or without trainers, where. They get to that point where they, they see the results and they get kind of addicted, yep. and then they, they're they obsessed. And I, again, I'm obsessed with it, and I've been yeah, guilty, and I've gone are. through my own share of injuries just from lifting <laughs> because I'm just, I would, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, there's there's a time and a place for the savage mentality and grind yeah, through, absolutely. push through. You need that. You need it for the mental and for the what physical. Are we talking about? There's a time and a place for most things, yes. if not all. but. But so many people are just in the gym doing more abuse than actually doing what... You know, resistance training is designed yeah. to build you up stronger and make you yes. healthier
1: and give you all this right benefit. That's a great point on the note of athletics, the training is the training, not the game itself right yes. Yes. so exactly. yeah, absolutely. And I mean I see that personally too with uh, with my own training this um, how do I say it like I, I, I literally will want to do you put this well the other week. you want to do everything. But you can't do everything all the time. Like you want to hit every, you know, whether it's bodybuilding or or something else, but it's almost this idea of like, well, I have to do every hamstring exercise I'm aware of every week to make progress. Yeah. And it's like, do do you really need to do that? Or is that like this this tendency of like, I have to do all of the things I've learned how to do to be able to maintain those abilities? Right. Right? Yeah. And that's that is, I mean, on on a very literal training note, that is where I got that kind of addiction to conjugate and now it almost took it too far, but it was because I finally realized, like, Drake, you actually don't have to do these things all the time. Like, you don't have to do a competition bench press for the next three months. and yeah. you Don't worry. As and long as you do it one time to get your groove well. back, the second time you'll be doing it to, to your full potential, if not more. And you'll because you'll better. <laughs> and you'll feel better versus coming in and thinking like that to the same point. I don't have to train every movement I know for every muscle or every Priority I have in the gym every time I come in to see consistent progress. In fact, that's probably a great hindrance for a lot of athletes, bodybuilders, etc. You don't make progress in the gym; you make it recovering from the gym. Yes, right.
0: Yes, and then again, that I mean, with strength sports, it's a little different. Yeah, because your your sport is in the gym. Your yes, progress. Your has your sport to be is in the in gym. gym. Absolutely. Whereas general fitness and athletes, okay, the general fitness, you know, you just need to be healthier. Okay, well. Is taking my squat from 225 to 275 making me healthier? No. Depending no, on... Well. Now, like, if, you know, if it's proper progression and it right, comes easy. Right, absolutely, but if I'm, you know, absolutely. tricking my nervous system... What is it necessary and grinding for every day, Not do I need that? Yeah. Is it necessary? Yeah. No, no. And it's, it's getting people to realize that. No,
1: the, the client really wants and they say That's go. That's where we go back to... Do you want... Right back to the idea we just talked about this. You can do it just because you want to. Yes. You don't always have to have the... Reason, but that as long be, as you do know what you, you want to do. You can just admit that as your yes. reason. You that can just admit it. that and say, I love when a guy comes up to me and just says, like, what, what's your goal? And he's willing to just say, I just want big ass fucking arms. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm great with that. Yeah. Good. Don't come up to me and give me some back ass reason of what you want to accomplish and then I catch you at the end of every workout hitting 40 sets of curls. Yeah. Admit to me that you want big arms and let's change your training. Exactly. You know, if you and want to do something, help just you do it.
0: Figure out the most effective and safest way to do that, because there is, and that's something I'm finding more and more, especially in my own training, is again, like you said, you don't have to do everything under the sun. I used to be, I was like, I gotta do speed work, I gotta do sleds, I gotta (laughs) do Olympic lifts, I gotta do power lifts, I gotta do movement as well, I gotta get it all, and it's like, I've scaled way back in my training the last couple weeks and just focused on, okay, how about instead of all this different exercise, I gotta get to it all, I've got these ones, but I gotta make them count. I gotta make yes. this count. As intention, much as I right can. back to
1: the idea of intention, yes. right? We talked about the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do the few movements you're choosing to do, you do them with a sense of extreme detail, with an in, with with intention, um, and with total presence involved. Yes. Rather than going through the motions of the thousand things you have written down on a sheet of paper, it's kind of the similar idea of how much. And I, I nothing against it, but how much I think recording your workouts, especially everything you do throughout a workout can be a dramatic hindrance yeah. to your progression because you're losing so much of the moment in the idea that you have to finish the set of Arnold presses or whatever and write down that you did 35s for seven today. Yeah. It doesn't matter, no. really. You know what I mean? It's not it's not going to get, that's not going to be the, the distinguishing factor. In fact, in my opinion and in my experience, that's going to be a hindering factor. The over, The over obsession rather than just enjoying the experience. We talked about if you want to train and do something you like to do, then do it and just admit that to yourself. But if you do have a goal and you know that there is an efficient way to get there, don't lie to yourself that, that doing everything under the sun is gonna get you there faster. Right, exactly. No, that's exactly, exactly what you put it. the intention behind
0: it. And like you said, it, it shouldn't even be, I think numbers are great because you, you need a marker, you need yeah. to see where you're at, but I think it should be the after fact. You should yeah. go, um, let me just take this do my best at this and then afterwards i use it just to kind of see where i'm at just so i know for next time where to be and i stopped for my, exercises like exercises kind of yeah right? yeah i do that for for my main stuff now and like because i i can't decide if i'm gonna do a meet or not this year so i, I decided i'm gonna still train semi-heavy work yeah. semi-heavy barbell work um but i'm making that like less than 10 percent of my training like it's that's right. it and i'm, I'm right. dedicating i decided i've got five sets to make this, I got five work sets on this to make it happen. I'm not doing any right. other barbell work yes. after that. Yes. And it's like, and I, I'm not even setting a percentage or a um, goal number, I'm just gonna go, how am I gonna get this today, was that my best effort? Without, you know, I'm not gonna try and be sloppy with good intention, yeah. good technique, Quality good control, form, safely doing it, yeah. but also still giving it full intent and giving it all out and just see where that goes, and then use, again, then afterwards I can see the number, use the after effect, and if I wanna take percentages for speed work or something, I can do it from there, just as a rough guide. But it's more, again, focusing on, what am I getting out of this exercise and this movement, not saying, what does the chart say I'm doing? You know, right, what do absolutely. I feel out of it?
1: And I mean, that's, that, I was thinking about this the other day by myself, this is kinda of related. A lot of times over the years, what i found is very fascinating or interesting is, um, You'll hear people, you ask them about their workout, and one of the first things that they'll they'll kind of like blurt out to you, and I've done this myself when I was younger, especially in my bodybuilding era per se, but I will want to immediately say, oh, how many sets I did that workout? First thing I'm going to spew out, yeah, I hit 28 sets today on legs, as if that has any relevance to the quality <laughs> of the workout, you know? Right. And because it really doesn't. Yeah, sure, it's, it is a training variable. Sure, it matters on paper, but it, life isn't on paper, and neither is training. So it's kind of like, I would rather see myself do three or four sets of quality intentional squats, almost like a state of ritual, which is a term I use a lot. I treat it like ritual, almost, yeah. uh, it's, it's it's a moving meditation. It's, it's a spiritual practice because it's done with that degree of of uh, there's nothing there's nothing casual about my training. It's very intentful. It's very serious, and it's very much a deeply rooted part of the excellence of my life. So if I'm going to treat any given set haphazardly, if I'm really putting the all the energy I can into the movements I choose for the day, there's no there's there's no reason I sh- how, how am I getting through 32 sets or something, right? Right. I yeah. shouldn't be able, should be able to. to if you're, if you're able much. to get through that quantity of sets, there's your problem right there. How many of those were really hard? Right. How many of those were done to the utmost level of intensity or focus or whatever term you want to use? Probably not that many. It goes right back to that point I always use. Um, I always say this to clients, and I, this is not talking about training principles here as much as I'm using that as an example. I always tell them when I see a guy start getting sloppy or mindless on anything in the gym, right, that I'm training, and I'll, I'll tell him, let me ask you something. Do you think if I uh, did three sets of 10 on squats, the weight being the same, or if I did 10 sets of three, uh, do you think uh, the three sets of 10 or the 10 sets of three would look better? And most people can figure out what I'm saying and say, well, the 10 sets of three, and I'd say, well, you're absolutely right. Then I have 30 quality squats for the day versus 15 or less quality squats and then 15 ugly, whatever those are called. Yeah. Um, Am I reinforcing excellence in my movement patterns or am I reinforcing the kind of day-to-day turning of the wheel, hamster wheel kind of mentality when I'm just repping through my squats and they look like crap is the same principle I'm carrying out in life if I'm not doing things with that kind of ritual mentality. Yes. Are you doing The little it to things just are the get big it done, things. Exactly. Or
0: are you doing yeah. it to the best of your ability yeah. because you want this to be you want you yes. want to take pride in yes. what you're doing.
1: Is is your life an act of ritual, act of ritual, or is it simply the monotony and casual life that you walk through mindlessly doing the same thing over and over again and people treat their, same, their training the same way and that's why you can walk into any, just about any average gym in the United States and you'll find the majority of fellows that have been, have been training in there for decades haven't gotten stronger on a single movement or looked better or whatever their goal is possibly in decades. And that's, that's where that's coming from, it's that lack of intention, it's that lack of, of, of uh, of seriousness, really. Yes. It's the lack of, hey, this is a serious thing that I'm pursuing and I'm going to dedicate my energy and thoughts towards it before I actually act upon it, which is the ultimate. Right? right, it's thought, words, action. If you're not going to put all of your energy into your actions, then are you even living? Or are you waiting to die? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just being too focused on
0: outcome, again, in right. and out of life. Right. Instead of saying, you know, like, again, so I, I'll use back to the five sets I have. There were a couple days where I did it in three, and I was like, that's all. That's 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 all I needed right there. I had my effort. And same thing in life where, you know, you're working on some kind of project as a trainer. You're working on maybe like a clinic presentation or whatever. And and you're like, instead of thinking, oh, I need to get 10 slides done tonight. How about just you go until you're like, I put in a good amount of work. I'm happy. I'm getting to the point where I know if I go a little longer, it's just going to be sloppy, and I'm going to lose quality. Absolutely. And focus on, again, intent instead of outcome. And and just intent like, instead
1: of outcome. That's a good little catchphrase there. Yeah,
0: and, and just how much am I putting into it? Am I satisfied with the work? Is this beneficial in a way I did it? And am I not overshooting myself? Am I not losing quality again? Right. Quality right. is the key. I
1: and think people do that else. with work and everything. Yes. You know, they think to themselves, how, how can I get more? So they always think, well, I'll just do more. And, yeah. and in that kind of mindless, immediate reactive way, rather than saying to themselves, well, how can I prioritize and make my time more efficient, effective, yes. uh, and how much, how much more present can I become during it so that I am living my life rather than just waiting for an outcome. Right. You know, it's always next. And the same thing, I see the same thing in the gym all the time. I remind people, I say, what's getting you to your goal right now is this rep. It's this, this set, right it's now. this contraction right fuck now, okay? Yeah. It's not the one that's happening five months from now. You're not going to go, well in five months I'll be in good shape. No, you're going to get in good shape from these individual sets and reps that you're doing today. Right. You're going to become wealthy from the dollar you put away today rather than the 10,000 you say you'll put away in five years.
0: And uh, and I'm not saying don't make goals, don't have a vision. Have a goal, have a vision of what you want to do. But don't just get caught up in the number scheme. Yes. Again, in the gym, don't get caught up in I gotta hit this weight by this week. Just, I'm doing my best by this week. And in your job, in your relationships, not, you know, I gotta do this just because I gotta get this done and this right. got be it. Yeah, expectation no. based. Yeah, always expectation. expectation based. Yeah. And, and just, that
1: can become a dangerous thing to your psychological health too. Yes. Being totally reliant on this expectation based way of living mm-hmm. in and out of the gym is 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 really going to lead you to a lot of setbacks but like you said you you do need goals you do need plans on paper and in your mind i agree with that but at the same time it does bring me back almost to a quote from dodgeball when she asked him if she's like do you have no goals in life or is it just like total apathy he's like well if i found i found if you have no goals if you don't reach them you're not destroyed from it yeah <laughs> and, but i mean not that, obviously that's taking it too far but the point is that if I was only training for the idea of, well, one day I'm gonna ha- have a, you know, I would, I genuinely would like to have an 800 pound deadlift and I'm yeah. being genuine. You know, I would really like to squat in the region of 800 pounds as well. With my body frame, that's ambitious. Yeah. But I'm not doing this because I want those goals only. Those are things that, yes, I, on paper, those are goals of mine. In a certain quantity of years, I would like to do that. But that's not why I come in and squat and deadlift every day. yeah. I do that because I want to come and squat and deadlift every day. You it doesn't it. matter if that's 200 pounds or 600 pounds because I enjoy it. Yes, right? And, and it that kind of principle in life, you know, I love what I do. I do want to make the money to buy my own property, to travel the world more, yes. etc. But I'm also coming to train people because I love training people. Yeah. So it's it's kind of that balance again, right? It's not now or later. It's now and later.
0: And we're lucky that we get to do that something that we want to yeah, do. Yeah, very. Unfortunately, you know, you see it a lot of people, they get in this condition where where the expectation is made for them. where yes. The, the, yes. the you got to get this much done isn't even their decision. Right. And yes. it's just that stressful. And like I said, unfortunately, some people get stuck in that. And it's... That's, again, why I love training, because you can start to teach people to think for themselves in that way, give them the confidence to handle life in the way that is more intent-based rather than outcome-based, and then apply it, hopefully, and whether that means, even if it means you have to, they have to quit their job or whatever and start something new. Well, they start learning
1: out. they have control over anything. Yes, they, exactly. I mean, if you have control over your physicality, if you have control over the way you look, which, I mean, let's get real here. We live in a third-dimensional real world, knock on wood, that matters. Yes. If you can control the way you physically appear, which in a day-to-day existence is more important than we would like to act like it is. It's very important. Yeah. And what you're capable well, of not doing. not just physically appear, but just how you... Right, but all how of it. You, your health. Your, yeah, your, your function, health. all your, of it. But right, but I mean, that comes down to even the way you look. How like, your body runs. Yes. You control the way... the You control the body postures you give off, Yes, you control the body language that you display, you control the expressions on your face, and you see people going around day to day, and they're not aware of that. Right. They're not aware that they have any control over anything in their life. So you start to see, and like you said, it doesn't have to just be appearance, I'm, I'm saying across the board, right. but you start to see that you do have control of those things. Yes. Why do you think people eat at McDonald's in the middle of the day? Because they don't even realize, they've never taken the time a lot of the time to realize that they do have a choice and that it's not money-based eating healthy is actually pretty cheap right so i mean go get yourself some white rice and a rice cooker and you're going to save yourself a lot of money from even eating fast food off the dollar menu but the point is it's not that people think that's bad or don't want to do it a lot of times it's not even in their consciousness to realize that well i have some degree of control over my life the little things and the big things and in the gym you start to tangibly manifest that yeah when you see that person come in and they see that they can change the number on that scale or the number on that bench press or the speed that they can run, all of a sudden it's not mindless and they'll, that'll carry over for athletes into their practices or whatever it may be to people into their professions because they do have a degree of control. Yes. You realize that firsthand and we're, we're instruments for helping people do that. And but, that's um, that's it's one a very of the main reasons thing.
0: I got into this was was that that aspect of training. Again, I love. I mean, I love banging weights. I love playing sports. Yeah. You know, all that. I love the physicality of it. But that mental lesson that's helped me so much. I mean, my third year in college, I was like, you know, stuck in this engineering program. I was told to go into because I, you know, I was good at math and I'm a 19 year old kid. Okay, you know, whatever. That sounds good. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I just remember I remember the stress on being like. I don't know how to get out of this. I have no choice. I gotta get a job. I gotta be yeah. able to support myself. I gotta, I gotta make my parents proud. I gotta have other people look up to me. I gotta set a good example. I gotta do this, and it was through working out that, again, like you said, in the gym, these small changes. I can, I can change this right here. I could probably change my career and make this happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I applied the same strategies. Absolutely. The same amount of, you know, I got to do all this research. I got to make a plan. I got to figure out, and then I got to take it step by step and not be afraid if the plan goes askew. Like you said, the vision, but not necessarily different routes up the mountain. I'm finding my route up the mountain. I tried going straight up. I'm not that great of a climber. But guess what? There's this path over here. I saw I can take that. Yeah. Oh, look. I hitch the ride with someone else. You know, you make relationships. They help boost you up.
1: And other people, everybody can start at the same mountain. And they could start at 360 degrees around the base of that same mountain. And 360 people at a different everywhere, right? Yes. Everyone's looking up at the same peak. Yes. Right? And even going back to spiritual traditions and everything here. But everyone's looking at the same peak. There's these same ideals or the same idea of there is a top of the mountain period, right? Just the idea that there's a top of the mountain But not a single one of those people are going to be able, no matter what they did, to travel the same path, Mm -hmm. because time-space-wise, that's impossible. They're taking up different space around the hill, right, at the bottom of the mountain. So that same principle in life. And you start taking those steps, and you hear a lot of cliche statements or a lot of very commonly used statements, and we do forget, once again, we hear them, we repeat them, but we don't say or hear or repeat them with intention and yes. recognizing it's one thing to say something, it's another thing to understand it, and there's a third thing to actualize it or to realize it, right? I think about the term realize, I'm actually making something real in reality, right? Yeah. To, to actualize something takes action, right? I mean, to acknowledge someone, I even use the term acknowledge in my mind a lot is active knowledge, right? The action of knowledge rather than- Beautiful. Rather than simply Knowing something or, or saying something and not putting it to use. So, back to what I was saying is, you know, a th- journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. These are very traditional statements you hear all the time, but how often do we actually internalize those and, think and about realize? It, break it down. Exactly. And the gym does help you do that. This individual set of glute hams, right, is actually leading me to that end goal of a deadlift in the same way that these individual steps I'm taking in my life outside of here are going to lead me to a certain career success or yes. a certain success with my clients and when it comes to advising or guiding or people whatever. or a relationship. Gardening's taught me a lot about the same thing, right, on the note of that guy who that about, talked talk about drumming, right? Yes. But gardening has taught me a lot of the same end goals. It is very objective. It's very concrete. But you have to, and there's many different ways to do it. But the point is that, you know, People don't even take a direct role, and I'm not gonna to get too philosophical here, but people don't even take a direct role in the food they eat on their plate most of the time, right? Right. Start thinking about that, start applying it, even in the smallest degree. You know, I just, I just got a wonderful batch of a harvest of a, a bunch of zucchinis, a bunch of cucumbers, a bunch of other vegetables that I grew this year. I even started late, but they still came out just fine. But the point is, gardening has taught me as much about life as training has. Because it's, you, have to go through a, you have to go through a series of steps, That at first seemed seemed overwhelming. If you were to write them down on paper, it's overwhelming. Yeah. But three months or two months later, I've got food on my plate. Mm -hmm. Right? Just like the principle of training, and I do reach that angle. But the only reason you're going to get there is by enjoying the everyday. If getting up and watering those plants is a is a troublesome burden to you that you don't want to do you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to slip up a few times and you probably won't have a crop at the end of that yes. harvest right yes. at the end of that growing period same principle applies to training if you can't learn to enjoy it to be present in it then are you going to get that that theoretical end goal no so right back to the idea of i'm doing it because i want to and because it I might have an expectation or yes. i might not but um and you start applying that to life like you talked about and you're not Taking on the engineer job you don't want to do because other people think you might be good at it, you know that's why I honestly did bodybuilding was other people's expectations, and that's also why I stopped. Yeah, I learned from it. I'm not saying it was a negative experience, but right, it it taught me very quickly. Exactly, it taught me very quickly. Well, what, what, what do I want to do? Do I actually want to go through this this dieting process? Sure, it taught me I was capable of great discipline, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So sure, I I reached the end goal and I did very well in the shows I competed in, that's fine. But in life, if you can't make that consonance between what you want and what you need, if you can't find some degree of uh, mesh between wants and needs, well right there, then you're you're cat-dogging again. You're going opposite directions, right? And that's true in the gym, too. And that's, again, something people seem to just struggle with, whether it's because
0: of how we're conditioned through society, people are scared, you know, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what that what that is. I'm hoping it makes a turnaround, but it is like, again, believing in what you do and wanting yeah. to do what you do. And I, I mean, we can, you know, it's philosophically, yeah. You think, oh, it's a little bit of woo-woo. You got to believe in it. I mean, look, it's the science, the placebo the science. effect. It's the science. The yeah, placebo exactly. effect is one of the largest, most successful, yes. whatever you want, medication. The single foundation effect, of all control
1: studies on the planet. Yeah. So every single medication is tested against the placebo effect. And the fact of the matter is, you can look this up statistically, the majority of medications beat the placebo effect by a smaller percentage than the placebo effect accomplished on its own. Yes, exactly. That's hard science. That's the biggest
0: change right there. Right there. So you got to think, if the medication beats it by 2%, but it was a total of a 12%
1: increase, that 10% is still coming from placebo. It's coming from placebo. The majority of the exactly. change is coming from the exactly. belief. Exactly. Coming from that desire, from yes. that belief, from whatever it is. Coming from the observer effect to some degree, the willpower, the idea that it is there. We have a, We can tangibly and consciously alter our reality through the way we perceive our reality. Yes. And and that's a that's a whole nother bag of cats. Honestly, that's well, a whole nother thing to it, get into. It ties but.
0: back into training because you yeah. see that when you like you said, it, and inside and outside, we we'll use training again. You know, if you are really working towards something and you believe, again, honestly, almost any program is probably going to work if you think it's yes. working. Yes, yes. Because I've had someone that I put look the back into it, and yeah. I go like. That really wasn't that well no, designed or no, anything. Yeah. But you know there. what? At the time I was doing it, I was all about it. Yeah. I was like, this is going to get me to where I want to go. This is going to happen. And most of the time, I was, I was where I wanted to be. And I was like, that yeah. worked out. And again, then you, you translate it outside of the gym and you apply it to you know everything else. And that, again, placebo effect or just that belief, whatever you want to call it, yeah. is the biggest thing willing to change. I look at a guy like, like Sean McCarthy, man. I, that dude cracks me up. Right. Uh, he has world records in like keg throwing, a couple other events, strongman yeah, stuff. The wagon wheel deadlift. I if mean, I asked him once, thing. I go, What do you do to train? He goes, Dude, I don't know anything. He doesn't know anything. He just he goes, really doesn't in either, yeah. And he just goes, I I can see him set up and I can see the intent in his eyes, and like he does random things that I've never seen before. He, that does he doesn't even intention. know, but he just does it with intention. And again, he's one of the strongest people in America right now. Right, exactly. And it's just like just to show you and that's what he always talked about. I go, like, how do you do that stuff? And he literally says, He goes, I just know I'm going to do it. He yeah. just says I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah, and then he does yeah, right it. There, I mean, it's it's uh, it's incredible with the impact that has. It reminds me of something my my uh, my dad told me when I was younger. He talked about a study. A lot of people probably heard about this, but you know they say you say you take three groups and one group is uh, all, all like free throws is the goal here. So one group is going to shoot free throws for an hour as practice. The second group is going to sit there envisioning themselves or drawing themselves or something of that nature making shooting and making free throws through an hour and the third group's going to not do a damn thing right right you pretty consistently from what i have seen and in my experience the group that shoots the free throws and practices and the group who simply think about it or draw it are actually going to perform pretty similar yes the group who does nothing is going to perform worse period and that's what's interesting to me is that simply having that, and I'm, I'm not trying to go foo-foo here and tell you that if you just envision you'll be a millionaire, you'll no, be a millionaire. No, you have to still act. But the foundation of action is thought. Yes. And really oftentimes the, fact, the foundation of action is words as well, words we actually speak to ourselves inwardly or outwardly. So we do weave our reality into being quite literally. So if we can't give that its initial credit where it's due, like you talked about the placebo effect, then our actions are actually going to carry less weight. If you wrote down a prophecy for your life ahead of time, and then your life went that direction, I don't give a shit who says what, no one's going to argue with me and convince me that it wouldn't be a more meaningful life when you look back on it having said you wrote it down ahead of time and it actually turned out that way. Right. When you fu- if you were to fulfill your own prophecy in anything, that became a myth right there. Yes. Your life just became epic in proportion simply because you said this was going to happen and it did and those string of events created that narrative that you already talked about versus if you just said, oh, you know, it is what it is, you know, I'm a hamster on a wheel. You could have an extraordinary life, but if that's a mentality you carry through it, it's probably not going to be that impressive looking back and certainly not going to be a very good storyteller yeah. <laughs> Tell, talking about it, right? Our whole lives are stories. So if we can envision ourselves from the perspective of creating our own myth or creating our own archetype and then turning the dial all the way up or actually giving it our all, imagine the reward at the end of the day, you know, that, that, that comes with that because it's coming with intention and it's coming with this great degree of... Self-actualization, you know, the standard hero's journey idea, because we actually have having an end goal is great, but we're able to enjoy the journey because we do live it with intention. Yes. Life becomes a ritual and the climax being itself rather than an end or starting point. Exactly. Yep. Going back to intention and
0: another word that I wanted to bring this up because it stuck with me when you said it the other week was how you feel that and i feel the same way that authenticity is lost on society a little bit and that goes kind of hand in hand with intention but just being real about everything and who you are what you want and like i said it goes hand in hand now the intention is you know that you kind of want to get there. You got this idea, but the authenticity is to me more of okay, but I'm gonna live that way too. Yes. And that's, I'm gonna yes. act on it. I'm gonna carry absolutely. it out. Absolutely. So intention is sort of the plan and the mindset, where the authenticity is sort of the action and just yeah. being that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, you're the one that brought it up that you you think that it's a little lost on society. Whether or not that's, and I don't think it's necessarily people's choice. Again, it could be just. The way the crazy world is right now, and just so mm-hmm. much Both, going on, right? it's hard. I mean, more
1: than likely, there's going to be impossible to point out a single yes. culprit for something like that. Yes, but it's and it's always and, right? There's a thousand factors, but I always say it's. Any, it's hard to argue with the man that says this and that. Right. He's, he's always going to win compared to the dude, the two guys who say this or that. Right. right. You know what I'm saying yes. there. Yes. And uh, so when you're looking for a culprit or an answer behind something, I'm very quick to say and before or because in all likelihood, it's talking a, about probability here, I mean. It's a mix. There, there you go, I mean plays. it's gonna be a mix, exactly. Yes. So you start with, with the authenticity aspect. You do see a lot less authenticity and, I, and I, think, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with a lot less experience that forces us through our own path. What I mean is we're blessed that we're able to have things like the podcast we're doing right now. We're blessed that we're able to have things like a thousand training programs available to us online, and a million schools, and a million job opportunities, and the list goes on. At least in the world, in the Western world, right? But at the same time, is that quantity of opportunity, is that quantity of people doing all of these different things, smothering our authenticity and our own life experience? maybe are i don't know
0: saturated is it diluted? right are
1: we oversaturated is it diluted exactly or have we lost the core principles you know um of what it means to do anything whether that's life or training and we're making that comparison throughout this whole podcast for a reason but i, I have found that for myself a lot of the time i think sometimes people think well what do i want to do what do i want to accomplish and they could listen to this podcast and say well great guys you're telling me that what I really need to do is desire and chase my dreams and be present along the way while still holding a goal or a, an achievement for myself at the end of the journey and take my own journey up the mountain. How am I supposed to do that when you're telling me there's, you can go any way up the mountain? How is that any guidance? And the point is, it isn't, really. It's not guidance. It's, it's giving you ideas. It's giving you philosophy. But there, are, there is so much opportunity now that what do you want to do? That's a hard thing to say. It is. Like, what do you want to do? I mean, I was talking to my buddies last night about um, the truth is, I mean, we're in our mid-20s, right? I don't know a single individual. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a single individual within three years of me up or down, uh, and obviously more than that going down, that is established in the conventional sense of the word. I don't know a single person. I, maybe you do, but no. I, I don't. No. Um, I know a couple people that maybe have gotten married by now. I know a, a few that maybe have children or are in the process of doing that. But I don't know anybody who is established in the conventional sense of that term, like our parents grew up with or their parents or all the way back, right? Because there, it's almost like there's too much opportunity to establish ourselves now.
0: Yes. Well, and, and to do it for status sake, you know? Yeah. You, you see a lot of it, again, going back to authenticity, going back to the mountain, people want to get to that top without really looking at the path they're just like okay how can I get to that because when I get to that everyone else is going to look at me up there and be jealous about it. Yeah exactly. And they seek that that false success and that's why you see a lot of people that are rich but unhappy and it's it's like or like famous but unhappy because it's the vapid
1: yeah because, empty, vapid kind yeah, of people. because yeah. they're
0: doing it for that reason for the status rather than for themselves because that's what they yeah. want to do yeah. and i think going back to like you said i think there's so much opportunity today to just make it as for wealth for fame for whatever that you can do it just for that sake and lose sight of lose sight a of real reason experience. for wanting to yeah. do it again i would love to be a high-profile enough trainer to train top athletes or yeah. to be able to have the funds to put on studies and clinics that I want to and do. And people
1: pay for crazy seminars. I would all love over the- to. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that, that would be great and that would be awesome if that happens. However, you know what, if that doesn't and along the way I just affect as many lives in a positive way as possible, yeah. that's why I want to do this. Keeping that's your outlook. I- um, yeah.
1: What do you call that? Checking yourself a little bit there yes. all the way I would along.
0: love to have thousands of listeners on this thing yeah. I understand that I'm probably gonna have less than a handful for the first year I do this yeah, yeah, and it, that's okay if, if, right. if I, that's if there's three people that listen and they get something out of
1: it that's three people that get something out of it and hopefully and three people who impact three more people exactly cetera, right I mean carries. that's the that's the echo effect that's the ripple yes. effect that's the butterfly effect and you know there's a yes. lot of names for it but that is the facts of the matter is that if you're if you're not willing to to realize the impact you're making, because we do live in an era now, especially younger people, where it's all about. And I'm not saying there's not value in this. There, I'm sure there is, but it's all about. Well, when I have 10,000 Instagram followers, yeah. then what I then what I post will matter. Yes. Oh, fascinating. Oh, when I deadlift 800 pounds, then my deadlifts. Matter, Right. You know what I'm saying? That kind of mentality. What mattered to Um, get you to that point? Right. What did you get out of that journey? I'll clean my house when it's a million dollar home. That kind of mentality. And it's like, well, that doesn't even make any sense. Not taking pride in the little things. Right. And what you do have, it's always about what you don't have. And you ask the average younger guy or younger person, I don't mean to say guy there, but the average younger person, if you ask him, you know, off the top of your head, what do you want? give you whatever the fuck you want right now what do you want you you know no time you have to answer okay and they're going to tell you something along the lines of typically and i'm generalizing a lot of money yeah and then i say okay all right cool cool what are you going to do with that money and the majority of people off the top of their head depending on the life experience they've had obviously are going to say something along the lines of uh something that's almost been pre-chosen for them that expectation idea again right um, a really nice house in a place like Los Angeles, yeah. or whatever is the headline in their mind, in their subconscious, that's yes. the headline they've seen throughout their life. You know, I'm going to have a really nice car and a yacht and a lot of girls. I'm going to be B- Dan Bilzerian, right? Yeah. That's what they're yeah. going to tell you off the top of their head because that's the influence they've had. They haven't had the opportunity to have the unique life experience to develop their own set of desires, which was something that I, th- and, and maybe maybe uh, media as a whole has, has negatively impacted that. Yeah. Maybe the amount of people that exist alone has negatively impacted <laughs> that. That could be a case too. Um, but I was thinking about that the other day and it's the same conversation with with my buddy and I, I said, you know, the great thing, I sometimes I think about all you know, I would like to have a lot of money. I'd love to have six, seven plus figures. That'd be phenomenal. And the great thing is when I think about the money, it's not the money that, that I want as so much as these specific things I want to do to it do with it that are authentic to myself. Yes. Going back to the why. Why? Why, again, why again, do you back want to do the training? Money? Why, are you why doing do you want this exercise?
0: Body? Why are you doing that? But instead of thinking, you know, I just want this money. Like you said, why do I want this money? Yeah. Why do I want that? And that'll give you kind of your purpose as to what you're doing. What's the
1: unique impact you're gonna have on your own life in the world with that money? Exactly is it going to be something is it going to be something authentic or is it going to be another lambo and i'm not hating on this right now i'm just being honest this is what the average person is going to tell you is it going to be another lambo and another condo in a really already overpopulated place and yeah i'm i'm kind of using my biases in a negative sense here but you know when i think about what i could do with that same quantity of money to impact my own world and the, and the world around me it's going to be an authentic impact it might not be what's best it might not be what's most morally correct and it might not be what's most popular by any means but it is going to be most authentic, and it's going to be something that I wanted to do previously to that happening. Yes. It's going to be something that was authentically grown from the roots of my existence, yes. and not just a fruit picked right from the uh, from the low-hanging trees that are popular opinion, or whatever it is, right? I mean, it's going to be purposeful. It's going to be genuine. Exactly. Again,
0: starting with the why, again, it'd be great to have a ton of people listen to this, but... Why I want to do this, uh, in essence, is so I can sit down, have these conversations with people like yourself, and get to know, you know different perspectives, and just, just for myself, yep. this is a selfish thing right yep. here. I'm getting a lot out of this just for me, and if it
1: benefits other people, and it's that would be awesome. Conversations always are reciprocal. Yes, yes. So. and
0: that's why I want to do this in guest format, and instead of just me spouting off all my stuff, because you know, I don't think one opinion, no matter whose it is, is the only thing anyone no. needs to hear at a given no. time.
1: And, um, this was phenomenal though. I mean, just to be able to do this and to let conversation flow and see where, where that takes you. I mean, that's almost like creating. It's, this is a piece of art. What we just did really because this conversation is only going to happen once. And it did happen this one time in this fashion. And when you kind of, you remind yourself, you realize that again and you go, wow, there was a lot of authentic information exchanged here yes but it was it was also information we built upon the words and actions of others too so people, conversations we've had with people in the past are going to reverberate and ripple into this conversation and if five people listen to this and take something away from it all those people that gave us these ideas are also benefiting the people listening to this exactly and that creating that narrative that web in your life it's not it's not there's no isolation here 100 percent. we're going to take a short break
0: All right, we're back. I didn't realize that the recording app I was using has an hour time limit per segment. That's what I get for being very low budget, but good news is we can keep on rolling. And (laughs) maybe or maybe not, this will get edited out. We'll see. Um, Real quick disclaimer. I know that (laughs) this podcast probably sounds very Joe Rogan-esque. So for anyone that thinks that, yes, it is a little bit, but I'm not trying to just copy him. Got a lot of similar ideals, very heavily influenced by Yes, but this is gonna be my own take on it. So, just wanted to throw that out there because I kind of realize how this all sounds. Anyway, back to the point at hand, I have Drake Eaton here with me still. Um, one thing I wanna ask you about is, because I, I think it's super awesome, I've never been one, honestly, if I really don't even know my straight up real heritage. I should probably get into that a little more, but I, I really admire the way that you identify as sort of this 21st century viking and i want to know is that because of the belief system or your heritage or a bit of both where does that come
1: that's from? that's a super interesting question that um i think more people in my life day to day throughout many years of my life have wanted to ask and very few of them have honestly had the opportunity or more likely even just the courage to do so or know how to ask that question mm-hmm. um, it plays a larger role in my life than uh than I think most people are even comfortable with, and I know that sounds a little bit odd. Um, but the reason, one of the biggest reasons behind my whole, um, I don't want to call it an obsession, that's almost got a negative connotation <laughs> to it, my deep passion and interest in uh, where I come from and uh, incorporating that into my life on a day-to-day basis. It, it, I'll, I'll give an analogy. I, I look at, every and I'm talking about everybody here, okay? This applies to everyone. All around the world of every race, ethnicity, gender, etc., you are the tip or the point of the spear that are your people, as in the the literally hundreds of thousands of lives, human lives that have gone before you, people who have lived, loved, fought, died for you, ultimately. You exist because of the that blood that does run in your veins and those individuals who have whose story echoes through time in your actions every day. Mm. So if you're the tip of that spear in time and space, you have a responsibility to remember that it is the shaft of the spear that drives the tip forward. Yes. So it's those people that have brought me to this position. It's an important reminder for people because the single most consistent, and we talked about avoiding absolutes, but I'll, I'll say there is an absolute here. Every, every culture throughout human history has had a single... Consistency, and that is that they have a respect and typically to the degree of worship for their ancestors because that is the foundation of how they exist, right? They're, every culture looks back on where it comes from. I mean, even their term religion means to trace back to. And I look at um, my life in that fashion. If it weren't for those individuals, I wouldn't be who I am. I mean that both physically, mentally. I wouldn't be alive and in the position I'm in. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have inherited a lot of the traits genetically that I have, for good or bad. But the point is that those have been the defining factors of my life. Yes, I'm not saying I don't play a large role in my own life and the people who aren't my ancestors or related to me don't as well, they absolutely do, but I think um, people have quickly lost sight of the things that do give them a sense of rootedness. Hmm. I like to compare people to trees, okay. and yeah. I look at those roots as exactly what they are they hold me in place you know they give me a foundation from which I grow and when I start to get self-doubtful or in a world that is very how do you say this kind of open to the degree of emptiness Okay. You know, you don't really have anything that ties you back to. Some people are lucky enough to grow up in a in a smaller community or with That's why I really do. I'm not a Christian, but I so much support things like church actually yeah, because it gives based. people a sense of community, tradition, and place from which they come and place from and place to which they're going. Yeah. Um and that's the way I look at my own my own interest in uh, my ancestral culture um in and, and where I come from is that so many aspects of our day-to-day lives are created by this, and I'll give you a quick example. It's a very common or stereotypical example I'm going to use, but most people aren't even aware that, uh, on the note of the Viking stuff specifically here, that the five out of the seven days of the week are named after Norse gods. Really? And we say that every day. Thursday is Thor's day, and it's even freaking spelled the same
0: way. Hey, I think I've heard that before. You know? Yeah, never Friday
1: is Frigg's day. I mean, you know, Woden's day is, Wednesday is Woden's day, so okay. Odin's day, right? Um, Frig's Day, Friday, is when people get married, and that's typically when they've gotten married for thousands of years. Yeah. Well before it was because we worked five days a week. Right. So the things that influence our life so heavily are rooted in our history. Yes. And the more you learn about where you come from, the more significance things you experience on a day-to-day basis have. You'll start to look at things differently. And all of a sudden, things take a little extra meaning in my life. You know, for me, Thursday has meaning. I hear Thursday and it's not just a it's just some not so some random word that I used to describe a day of the week. Mm-hmm. It has a deep meaning and a resonance that my people actually created that still exists to this day. Our language was created through generation upon generation upon generation of slight Lifestyle changes, yeah. preferences, character I, you traits. You see
0: that today. The word "selfie," I'm pretty sure, is in the dictionary. Yes. So, like, going yes. back to what you said, not you're, to interrupt, you're but the
1: world right now. It's constantly. Yeah. It's always changing. So, the more you learn about the past, the more actual relevance the present holds. That's my opinion, at least. So, little things in my life carry so much meaning. And to what other people might look at me, for example, and like, for, I'm going to have a bonfire tonight, and I'm going to be drinking out of a horn, right? And Shout I'm going to Tristan do that. Carsley, he does that too. There you go. I'm going to be doing that. I love that. I respect that so much to hear anybody does that. But you know, to somebody who just looked from the outside, let's say from a distance, as far as say something like social media, or even just heard people I know talking about it, they would think, oh, you know, they they, know, they think it's weird, or they think it's funny, or they wouldn't give a shit, right? Yeah. But the point is that it's to me, it's none of those things. It's actually very serious and meaningful. Um, that's something that, once again more generations of my ancestors did that than didn't yeah that's something that people need to remember i think you know when i do that i'm carrying on something that thousands of people millions of people that led to my existence held in high regard and ancestral memory is a factual thing we learn about it more every day our genetics are are based on those lives the lives those peoples lived not just Genetics aren't just passed down like a like a heirloom, yeah, they're changed based on the lives we live. We're changing our own DNA right now, so those people's actions, their aesthetics even influence mine to this day, and the more conscious I become of that, the more I believe I actually influence my descendants.
0: I a hundred percent agree that, like you said, like that ancestral memory in a sense carries with us. I mean, going back to uh copying the Rogan podcast, but I heard on there he's talking about how. They think that the reason kids are afraid of monsters and have nightmares is an ancestral memory ingrained from when we lived in a time where we literally lived with monsters. You know, like people forget that we still do.
1: People in the world still do. Yeah, like all the wild animals in the jungles. You go to sleep at night. You go to sleep every night knowing a tiger might kill you. Yeah, and people forget that. Yeah, you know, they forget where we actually come from, why we have the feelings we do about certain things, and that's where the value comes in. Learn about where you come from and you will learn a lot more about yourself okay you know and I mean I that comes all the way down to nutrition I mean ethnic eating is a fact that's they're finding that's um, coming
0: back today now they're yeah. talking about eating they're for finally, your genetics
1: because there was this big re, you know one reason this stuff is finally catching up and lagging compared to most of science is this honestly it's unfortunate but a fear stemming from things like nazism and stuff to even take a look yeah. at the differences between people not in some way to claim superiority of one or the other to simply see the differences because they're factual and that's what you know people, it's they get afraid that Except
0: that people are different. People are different. Versus, that's not a, it's not a racist, There's, sexist no, thing. No, it has literally nothing to do difference. with it.
1: Difference does not mean good or bad. No, difference is different. I'm in glad the same that way, that's that way. It yes. should be a positive thing. They talk about diversity and then they shut it down anytime people try to talk about it. In the same way,
0: like I look at it in sports, like football. Football. I'm not, not a huge football fan, but it's a great example of that people are different. You want to play football? Great. If you're 6'5, 300 pounds, you're probably not going to be the quarterback. No, exactly. You're probably not going to be the that's defensive okay. back. And that's okay. That's
1: okay. I always say the same 5'10, thing. Or if you 190, I'm yeah, you're not going to so be the much.
0: offensive tackle. Yes. And that's uh, okay. Yes. You're not any less
1: of a player. Right. And that's where the attachment comes that people think that that's a negative and that's yeah. unfortunate I always use the same analogy here because there's a big unfortunately there's a big stigma on the note of hey asking me about my ancestors we live in a world now where people are going to assume that means I think I'm like my ancestors are better than yours no they're simply mine yeah you know and you're carrying I'm, on your I'm 5'8 that's just an objective fact you? I just happen to be 5'8 I don't think it means that's best to be 5'8 yeah. you know what I'm saying and I mean it is that objective I always say the same thing I, I'm I'm, as ha- I'm glad that I'm going to use colors right now because that's something that people really can't misconstrue, as in regular just coloring colors, yes. okay? If if my favorite color, I'll use my actual favorite color. My favorite color is black, okay? okay. Even though that's you know, the the absence of absence color. Of color whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I, I get go you. Down that road. <laughs> my favorite color is black. I genuinely like that the most. I like clothing that is black the most. I like things, etc. Your favorite color, I'm going to make your favorite color up for you, or you can just tell me what is your favorite color. Well, it wouldn't help because it's the same, so. God dang. Oh, uh, okay. You know what? I well, like.
0: actually, green was one green. of my favorite I was going to guess on. green. Okay, there we All go. All right, green so was I was going to guess that green yeah. was green your used favorite be my color. my kind of favorite color. still is a little black
1: bit. Black can be my favorite color, and I can like black tremendously and prefer to buy almost everything I buy in black and still be very happy that your favorite color is green. Yes. And that's where the mistake comes here. This This inherent connotation or this idea that because I like black that means I don't like people who like green. Yeah, And what kind of mentality is that? What kind of half glass, half empty culture is that that endorses that? And I'm not saying we do, but a lot of people do and I have many times in my own life and I'm very quick to remind myself just because someone's preference is this doesn't mean that they dislike me for that, Right. right? And if we can carry that mentality into everything, I think people would be a lot more interested in what makes yes. them authentic yes. rather than being afraid of it People, for the judgment other people might have. People
0: are afraid to disagree for that reason rather than right. being like, you know what? that that My opinion on this then maybe makes me a little unique. And th- and yeah. that's something that, again, and I've been guilty of it before, where kind of, you know, someone says something I don't agree with and I'm like, ah, I like, kind of get a bad vibe. And I'm like, you know what? That's just their own person and that's okay for them. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that we can't I'm sure there's plenty of things that if we really wanted to find that you and I disagree on, we could find and I would the, still want yeah. just the same to sit down with you and talk about That's right. all this stuff. That's right. And I mean, think it's important to kind of find those things to yeah. kind of broaden, because oftentimes, too, and actually Zach said this the other day. We were talking about Why this. Why die. Where, um, shout out to Zach Summers. He uh, He said... Oftentimes, when you, even when you disagree on things, if you actually sat down and took the time to figure out why you disagree, you'd probably find out that you kind of do agree. And you would damn well find the compromise At least at when you find the reason. You yes. you'd find the middle ground. Yes.
1: Or you would walk or away with an understanding of a
0: perspective that isn't your own. Yes, and it and, and maybe pushes the needle on your end. Maybe you still don't go to their side, but maybe it takes you a little bit away from yeah. your side because you're like, Oh, that's an area I haven't thought about. You are it before. able to
1: relate now because you took the time to give it the opportunity. Yes,
0: and people just are afraid of that rejection, disagreement, yeah. because it, we've been conditioned. And again, we live that in a very reactive, right or wrong. Going back, you've got to you gotta be right. Yeah. You got to, yeah. you got to be the one. No. Well,
1: I mean, you get the dichotomy of um, the dichotomy of morality, and then the idea that there are right and wrong. There's not a. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be. You know, I, I do have a personal morality, a personal ethos. But an absolute ethos is, is kind of ridiculous in the fact that I always use the same analogy. You know, to to a to a worm, well, to, let's say, to me, a dove is a symbol of peace, serenity, beauty. It's a beautiful bird. That's an objective thing, I think. It's a beautiful bird. It's, it's, it's all kinds of things, right? To a worm, a, a dove is a pretty horrible fucking monster. Yeah. And it's the last thing he wants to see in his day, even though yes. he doesn't have eyes. You get my point. Yeah. Um... So when we get too caught up in, in in this or that again, right? It's both this and that. It might be this for go. me and that for you, yes, rather there. than the opinion of this for me or that for you. Yes. And that right back to the ancestral thing is like, I'm not saying, you know, when people ask me what you, what you think, you got, you know, it's better to be a Viking. No, I like where I come from. I'm proud of the the peoples who got me here. I just I do happen to have a preference and an interest in the Viking age. That's yeah. a personal thing, right? But that I don't discredit any era of, of my ancestors. What I'm getting at is that it's fine for, for me to have that preference, for that to be my way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, I, I'm not saying my way is the way, I'm saying it's my way. We said that earlier about training. But the same thing applies to anything else. And I think we get caught up in a world now where people are emotionally tender, to put it plainly. They're emotionally tender, and I, 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 if people take that offensively, then that's fine. Um, but they are. And, and we live in a world where rather than simply doing what is for you and, and then, and then experiencing the repercussions of that and living that life for yourself and being authentic and honest about it, we live in a, in a world largely where people see opinions as absolutes, meaning yes. that if they hold one, it has to be that way. Whether we're talking about training, And, you know, I got this way a little bit, and you see a lot of guys, I am a very conjugate guy, right? And unfortunately, uh, you see, and this really occurs a lot in either the extremely linear periodization groups or the conjugate groups, but this is the way to train. This is the way to train. The way to do it. Yeah, and and that's absolutely silly. And that comes back to anything else, too. You know, I mean, you see it with diet, you know. Keto, it's the way. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not the way, it's a way. And that's, you know, right back to the ethnic eating thing is an interesting point. I love covering this topic, you know, and you know, veganism is a big trend, and I have nothing against it, and I have nothing for it. I don't have a horse in the race. Yeah. But my point is that you'll hear a lot of claims about uh, you know, the, the, the negative impact that eating all animal products has on you, and then yet you look at studies on the Inuits and groups of people who literally eat 98 to 100% animal products for thousands to millions of years. If it were that unhealthy, do you think a culture of people could live on entirely animal products right. for thousands or millions of years? Probably not, and not only that, but could they be studied and have found to be have one of the lowest incidences of heart diseases on the planet? And yet today... And yet they eat nothing eat but saturated fats? Red meat. People right. would go, oh, you're asking and for a And they're eating heart the fattiest attack. saturated fats that exist yeah. on the planet. We're talking about seal and whale and bear on yes. a daily basis, right? Yes. And yet they have the endurance levels of Olympic athletes. So my point here, and then on, this, on the other end of the spectrum, is you see Hinduism. You know, you see people people in, in large portions of India where entirely vegan diets are very common and you see them getting by just fine. You yes. see them doing very well. You see a lot of incidences of great health. You also see a lot of incidences of poor health, just like the other group. Yeah. And we're getting back to that idea of yet if you took somebody whose family or their back to the ancestor thing that you asked about, if you took somebody whose family has eaten nothing but vegetable matter for the past 12 generations or more or something of that nature, do you really think that guy's going to do very well eating red meat three times a day? No. Probably not. No. I mean, that's, that's kind of layman's thinking. And the same thing goes for the Inuit. Do you think you're going to feed him super shakes of spinach over and over again and he's going to thrive? Probably not. And right? this goes and, back to the mountain again. Yeah. I, with, with your eating,
0: it's your path. Yeah. What's going to work for you? Right. And that's a common whenever anyone asks, yep. what do you eat? What's the diet? And I go, well, you know, this is what I do. But that doesn't mean that's going to work for you. And again, general guidelines. Is ge- sure. uh, don't pump yourself with Twinkies and Snickers. There's plausibility
1: Yes, here. obviously.
0: Yeah. But there is, again, there's not one way. Everyone's got their different path. Everyone has stuff that works for them. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's proven in the culture
1: and the ancestry. And I think that's where the value of that comes from. Okay. When you start to see where you come from. Learn where yes. you come from. You'll have a better idea of what will work for you. Why? Because you're learning about what the people who created your body did. Yeah. And so... I, I agree hundred percent and I think
0: I think I realize maybe I, I do a little bit of that, but not in the same sense. I, so I again like I said, I probably couldn't tell I know I'm a little bit Irish, think I'm a little bit German, probably a little something whatever else, Neanderthal probably. Right, absolutely, um, well, but, yeah. Probably uh, yeah. knuckle jagger arms. Um, right, exactly. but, uh I do like the sense of where where I live my life is almost and I don't even I don't like the I don't know if I'd like the term hippie, but whatever. I try and bring myself as much to a quote-unquote natural state. That's yeah. why you see me as Shea puts their barefoot balls out. Right. Fairfoot <laughs> balls out, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, short shorts, whatever. But it's I like that. I think we evolved a certain way, and, and I think that getting too far away from that is dangerous. Now, It is. I mean, well, don't get me wrong. Technology is it's great. It's valuable, absolutely. Modern medication, there's 100% a use, yeah. and it, it's kept absolutely. Us, it's kept us alive more than not, probably. Right. It's but, kept us
1: alive while we're, co- it's, the funny thing is this double edged sword. Yes. It, it does work. It's a fact. It is. Yet at the same time, we're living lifestyles that lead to a faster death than a tribal person if we didn't have that modern medicine. Yes. The tribal person, if we compared people in their current lifestyles and we did not have modern medicine, tribal people would outlive the average modern individual. I, I, I don't doubt that at all. Because they do average 60, 70 years old, right? Yes. In the wild. We barely average 10 or 20 years older than that with all of our modern allopathic medicine. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it works. But we're battling something that, you know, and that's the double-edged sword. You get further from nature and you have more things to keep you stabilized from yes. that place further away. Yeah. It does work. And I'm not one of these people. I was You don't have one to go point. to the jungle. And I was at that point. I was at one yourself, point. I yeah. was on the level of, I have built my own cabin. I took down my own lumber by hand. I took down my own trees. I took, I, I did the architectural work, I put, I put it together, I used hand tools, yeah I pulled the chainsaw, but most of it was hand tools, I'm yeah. talking like, to the extreme, and, and I was going to live that way, now, now am I going to, maybe at some point in my life again, and I have, I've lived, I've lived in a, on an abandoned island with a few people, um, a total of over a year and a half of my life. Wow! Now three months at a time, off and on, living in the Canadian wilderness, though. Yeah. Like living that way. I'm talking. I'm catching my food, my fish every single day to eat at night. You know, I'm taking solar showers every day. I'm training, doing pull-ups off of tree limbs and picking up rocks, and I'm genuinely doing it on a regular basis. And I'm living that way. And I can tell you that, in my opinion, on the, I'm gonna be uh, three months like that is worth three years the regular way. So yeah. there, it is something I strive to get back towards. But on that note, it is interesting how much, before we leave this topic, I do want to say that if there's a single thing in my experience, having the opportunity to tell anybody listening, if you ever find yourself needing a little bit of authenticity or a little bit of guidance from the self, and you say, you hear us talk about these ideas, and you go, well, I don't really know what I specifically want, I got a recommendation for you. Do it in a safe way, but get yourself out of nature for more than one night, in a small group or even by yourself assuming you can safely do so without the distraction of technology and without too much time even talking to others and see how you feel and what you think about by the end of that two to three to four to five day period and see where you've come to because chances are you're gonna walk out of there and you're gonna hear thoughts you didn't know even had it you had in your head you know the waterfall of distraction that exists that what you're listening to right now is an example i'll be honest with you listen to this double-edged sword so again. realize it again it's a double-edged sword the waterfall of distraction stops us from going into the the wilderness that is the inner dwelling of ourselves and going deep into that inner path and you'll come out delved in you know this is very as a star wars reference here but going to the tree right where yeah. luke sees himself yes right he sees his own opposition i talked about that earlier in the podcast Take the time to get away from the distraction. Take the time to go into nature and don't go, you know, these are valuable things, they're healthy and fun, but you're not gonna get this out of a day hike. You're not gonna get this out of a uh, a, a weekend in a cabin in Gatlinburg. These are great things. I just did both of these things recently. But this is not gonna get you what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is actually immersing yourself in yourself for a long enough period of time to hear things that are drowned out every day of our lives. When you get away from the distractions that are the foundations of our habitual habits, all of a sudden you might start learning who you are and on the note of Ancestry you might start hearing the whispers of the millions of lives that came before you that create the inherent hardwiring of what you are and get yourself in an environment closer to that and you'll start to be able to relate maybe to what it means to be a human being rather than all the labels we attach to being a human being. Alone in nature for any period of time and all of a sudden you realize that people, ha- people have been doing this for millions or billions or whatever, right, I mean, yeah, beings, we don't not know. humans, right, <laughs> have been doing this for, for a, a, an un- unfathomable period of time, you know, I love the things I do in my life, I love deadlifting, you know, I love reading books, I love, you know, all kinds of things, right? But those are human constructs that have been done for thousands of years, or in case of deadlifting, not very long at all, right? Unless it's a log. But the point I'm getting at here is that get yourself in an environment in a circumstance where all the ties to the illusion that you know, in, in the Buddhist terms, that we call the distractions of life are, and get yourself immersed in the in the one true thing that doesn't change with time, that's always there, and that is nature. And uh, I guarantee you, you let the lights go off for long enough that authenticity aspect that you feel you might feel worried about or feel lost on and not have enough of your own authentic character or desires you're going to gain that out there because it's in there you're just not listening to it so that's my little spiel wise words from drake
0: eaton yeah i think i think that is super important i actually myself probably never been on that kind of self journey i think um i think i should do something like that a big deeper self-reflection now the trick is you know you got to find the time for that exactly and no, so for a balance. for those of you that are listening to that and going dude i've got so much going on right now i can't do that fine here's you know what i think is another good tool building off of what drake just brought up is that reflection and people woo woo it all the time yeah. and you can call it this or not the word is often used as meditation yeah but whatever it's meditation self reflection but i think it is important to take time for yourself shut off the electronics shut off all the outside yes. um distractions and just be in the moment with yourself now it doesn't even you know with your thoughts it could be no thoughts you could sometimes a nap is a
1: meditation honestly yeah. it's a time just to quiet the mind to turn off and instead of living in this overamped idea that there's you know time's always you know you're always going to feel like there's a, a, an hourglass full of sand otherwise. Yes. You know, if you don't take those moments to realize, you know, people, and I do this too, like you just said, well, you have to find the time for these things. That isn't easy. Even finding, for a lot of people, at least when you say it, finding the half an hour to an hour of the day to meditate and the hour of the day to exercise and all these kinds of things isn't easy in quotations, right? Right. But, but at the same time, or in the more extreme circumstance, what I just said, you know, going three days in the woods, right? Let me tell you something you'll very quickly realize, three days in the woods, that all the things you had going on, they don't matter. Be, they don't, well, you're in the woods for three they days. They don't affect Just, what you're doing They aren't even all. real. Yeah. If you can exist independently of them, right, people don't even realize they can exist. I love phones, they're a great tool, we're using one right now. Yes. People don't realize they can exist independently of these things. When you do for any period of time, you'll start to realize it's almost like a great weight, you know, your atlas in the world is taken off of your shoulders. Yeah, because well, you recognize that there's nothing to rush back to. You're choosing about, to do these things. Think about vacations and how everyone is. Yeah. They, they love vacations. They love why? Vacations. Because it's a break.
0: Yeah. from all of the distractions. Yeah. and if, especially present. if you do it right. They're, they're present. present on
1: vacation. You because ask it's a new the stimuli. majority of
0: people, and I go, I go. Oh, well, what do you want to do on vacation? It's it's either one of one of two things. It's either some type of you know, activity that they really want to do, which is cool, which is great, or it's something about just being in nature. I just want to go on a hike, or or sit simply I want to sit on the beach and do nothing in the sun. In the sun, and and that is yeah. a form of meditation yeah, right absolutely. there. Absolutely, taking in the nature well said. or like you said, sightseeing, hiking, whatever. You you sit want to be in a-, in a
1: cabin in Gatlinburg? Why do you think that is so popular? People don't know what they're desperate for, yes, but they do know. But they do know. They just don't know how to word it necessarily. Uh, and that's a great point. I mean, uh, on another topic we talked about earlier, why do you think gardening is the largest hobby in the United States? People have an inherent, subconscious, absolute desire. And it gets more common as you get older because people get further from it, right? Mm-hmm. The fire of like, just wanting to interact with other people starts to burn out and they realize they haven't interacted with their world. Yes. The world that sustains them. I'm not being a hippie right now. I'm telling you that this world literally sustains you. We're here because of that. We are here because of that soil. We live. We we breathe the air. Yes, exactly. So you start doing things like gardening, and they don't know. They may not have some tribal mindset like I do or whatever, but the point is that they are doing that because there's a deep subconscious desire and magnetism for them to put their hands in the soil. Why do you think people want pets? Yeah, pets. It's attachment to nature, to the animal within themselves. But that's
0: why, why do you think people who want, or who have kids already, or why do the kids, they all want pets. They want that attachment yeah, a little bit to that nature. Absolutely. Or, you know, when you, absolutely. everyone, like, you, you stop and, oh, shh, there's a deer, like, take it in, look at it, things the, like the that. All of nature. Bird watching, all yes, these bird things. Bird watching, that's even, one of the biggest hobbies even in the world, hunting. too, bird watching. Now, hunting, it it gets a bad rap, but it's like. It gets a bad rap, but the point is that. It's an intimate thing. If you talk you, to the exactly. real hunters real do it for the food, for the resources, yes, it real is hun- a very intimate experience. It's a spiritual
1: experience. Yes. And, and you know, it's, and this is where I have an issue. It's, uh, and I'll, I'll be opinionated on this one. I'm quick to some, when I really do have opinions, I'll be quick to be opinionated. When I don't, I'll remember the perspective we've talked about this whole time, right? Yes. But this is a quote from Joseph Campbell, who's an excellent writer. If any of you haven't checked him out, I highly recommend it. He's the guy who really talked about everyone's hero's journey within, right? The hero with a thousand faces, that we each go on our own path of a, of a hero's journey in our life. One of his quotes, and I paraphrase here, is that the first step away from and I'm not hitting on this again but vegetarianism is the first step away from nature is the statement now a lot of that's gonna seem confusing well, because it's a lot of times it's for the moral support of the earth and I see where they're coming from statistically but what it often represents is a lack of connection with the way where the world works he follows that quote up with life feeds on life It doesn't matter what kind. It is unavoidable. Life feeds on life. And now we're starting to finally realize that even grass, the smell of the grass you get when people are cutting their lawns, that's a fear pheromone. Yes. Released by grass to tell other grass they're about to die. Okay, that's a fact. That's not an opinion. So, in the words of a Native American man I knew when I was younger, he said... The grass screams as loudly as, as loudly as brother deer does when your father cuts it. You've just simply forgotten how to listen. And we make this big distinguishing factor right back to the idea of this way versus or that. It's you know, oh, a deer or a pineapple. One's more correct to eat than the other. No. No. Matter never disappears, energy never disappears, and life never disappears, it changes form. All life thrives on life. Yes. To le- to leave that perspective is to leave the animal within ourselves the only thing keeping us rooted to the planet that keeps us alive taking yourself away from the kind of respecting the things like hunters i don't know how many people eat pounds upon pounds upon pounds of meat and have never seen an animal die or not one of any significance in size that they can relate to yeah. right and the same thing before the vegans start getting self righteous here I know too many vegans who eat pound upon pound upon pound of vegetable, they've never grown something or picked something or harvested something in their entire life. Yeah. The principle is not different. It is exactly the same. You can't not take part in what makes you live and then claim to know about it. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming back to the hunters. It's hard to you know, hate on somebody who knows more about deer than the people who wave signs saying they need to save the deer. If they knew the deer were one of the most overpopulated animals in this country and largely destroying native plant plant populations and actually knew something about ecology and a direct participation in nature, they might not have some of those opinions. Yeah. So that was a very opinionated statement, but no, it's, it comes from a real place.
0: It does, and, and I don't you know, I don't think that necessarily everyone has to hunt themselves or grow no, their own stuff. No. But I think they have to accept the fact of that and going back to just returning, I can't remember exactly how you just put it, but just like returning to nature and realizing that we are a part of this cycle. Yes. And yes, again, we got all this great, cool stuff, these buildings, the structures, all that. It's great. I love it. I live in a you know shelter, no. you know, apartment. I'm not a, you know out in the woods by myself, right. whatever. But... We do have these things that distance us from it
1: and we lose that connection and then we look like we're this outside exactly and then we claim and then we make opinions about it as if we're in it and that's where my issue comes in you know this is a, a con- the wolf and the deer have a contract between each other Okay, that's a contract that's called the natural state of things. Yes. The wolf chases and hunts and eats the deer, and the deer's responsibility is to run and try to survive. There's nothing wrong or immoral about that. I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies when I hear girls, and it's understandable watching a TV show, cry and moan about when the cheetah catches the gazelle. This is how things work. Yeah, This is the energy reciprocation of nature. This is death as a benefactor. And learn to look at it in the sense that it's a beautiful thing, and It's a beautiful not thing. The- right
0: the sad or gross or whatever we you start to see this at.
1: extreme distaste for death and this fear of of anything that of all these kinds of natural states of things when you get further from nature yes it seems more moral because we're further from the moral reality of things it's an immoral it's a moral illusion versus the way things actually work and i'm not like you said i'm not telling you that you have to go out and do these things that for you to eat meat you have to have killed and skinned your own animal to have any you know i'm not saying that but what I am saying is that having a direct participation in nature will benefit your life and it will broaden your perspective in a healthy and wisdom based way. I can tell you that is a fact. Simply taking the time to actually participate rather than develop opinions about things you don't do yes. is a danger is, is a beautiful thing because developing opinions about things that you haven't taken taken role in is a dangerous thing. And
0: that's why know? again I try and go back to natures and be in this natural state as I can. Again, I still use plenty of technology, but I yeah. try and do things that remind me where I came from. So going back to the heritage thing, again, I don't know Where'd exactly from, where it is, but I know I came from something. But I know that now we have technology to show here. you. Isn't that a beautiful that thing is right true. there? I that can, is kind of wild there, I you can know? check that out. You can develop benefits. a different sense
1: of identity just from that. You can yes. literally, using technology, this double-edged sword, you can also learn more about the past and what isn't based on technology. And I think that's beautiful. One thing I wanted to say before we wrap up on this topic was something that will always stick out to me that I read a book once called Ishii, uh, it was about a Native American in Northern California who um, was living in the truly stone age way up until the 19 teens or 20s when he came out of the woods. He was the last living member of his tribe and he was found by a butcher in a small town and he had never seen a, a, a civilized person's face in his entire life. He had never seen metal in his entire life, okay? We're talking a hundred years ago right now where we're sitting and this guy was living as they lived 5,000, 15, 50,000 years ago and what was fascinating was when he was brought into the loop of things you know these white doctors and stuff these these civilized guys were really fascinated by him and they took a long time to find similar Native Americans just to be able to speak a similar enough language to his to then bridge the gap which took a year or two in and of itself just to speak to the dude and when they finally were able to do that they took him out to places like the city talking about a guy who's in his forties who has never seen anything like that and he's never been around more than 10 to 15 people at a time in his life and they asked him what do you think about this building and of course from our perspective they expected him to be amazed or in awe at this tremendous skyscraper It might have been even like at this time that wasn't yet the Chrysler building that was after but it was of that nature and, and he looked at it and he goes well, I've seen mountains much larger than that what are you trying to impress me with? <laughs> and they were dumbfounded by what they had lost connection with they took him and they showed him a plane a fighter plane, which are just starting to get going. This is a little bit post World War I. They said, Well, look at that. A man's up there flying. And he goes, Well, that's, that's interesting. But I've, I've got to tell you that I, birds do fly much better than that. And I've seen birds fly many times. So I'd rather watch a bird fly. And that's just a reminder for ourselves that a lot of what we think is cool and better is really that we've lost, we simply lost appreciation for what we do see every day. Yeah the foundations of how we do exist and that's you know it's great to always look forward but I, sometimes I think progress for the sake of progress leaves us all blind and dead yeah you I know think we do lose because touch. we forget touch of the fact that people have and are happy content and healthy for a long time and still are all over this planet without the beautiful things we do enjoy for our comfort every day but if we can at least remember that there is a life without those distractions, I think that really changes the quality of our existence and it reminds us that, yes, I enjoy using my cell phone, but I can exist without it. Right. Yes, I like, I like lighting my bonfires with, uh, a, say, a match or a lighter, or even some people use gasoline. I don't, but, you know, sure, that's great. That is a wonderful tool. It's a lot easier. But just remind yourself it's kind of valuable that if you needed to to be able to start it with a bow drill And there's a lot of respect to be had for that. Yeah, you know And the same thing with exercise, you know, don't wear a belt until you need to put one on the idea, right? Yeah, I can use these tools to enhance my
0: lift But if I don't appreciate what all it takes to get to that point and be there without it Then I really don't see the value in what we have already right again if I can't you know this example right here and yeah we're using technology but but in essence, forget that this is being recorded this is real you and I talking face to face this is a great thing yeah. that is kinda lost on yeah. society because of these now if we can instead learn to appreciate this conversation and then realize guess what I could have this with you if we weren't in the same room because of this yes now that's cool versus yes. only relying on this instead of saying there's a reason not to have a
1: conversation. Yeah, a reason not to have a conversation, yeah. exactly. You know, you go to parties and you see 20 people sitting in a room and 15 of them are looking at their cell phones and yeah. the other five are sitting around awkwardly silent looking at the walls or the TV screen. And that's a reminder to you that that could be 10 incredibly meaningful, authentic, original conversations going on. And instead, yes. you know, so yeah, we can use these as a tool or we can use them as a distraction. And I think that goes to everything in life. But, like I said, you know, it's great to listen to a podcast. Before you listen to podcasts, make sure you're capable of having a quality conversation first. Yeah. Or before you make one. But the thing is, we did this because how many quality conversations have we had in the gym? Exactly. And we, now we got to have one for much longer, cover a broader variety of topics in really a more comfortable way. Yeah. Because we, we got rolling.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we, where we set the time, we, we made sure we, it wasn't just, you know, in passing where it's like, uh, it, you know, every time exactly. I catch myself, I go, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I want to keep talking to him, but I, I got to get I gotta this hit done. A set. I got to go here. Yeah. I got a
1: client coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And it's just like, we set the time aside for this. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think that's something that it's important to people. Again, like I said, for, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just, I've been paying attention to it more in the last month or so or if it's just happened because again I I do believe things happen for a reason maybe it's happened because I'm getting into this yeah we're in here interruption by Shay all right back to it but uh (laughs) yeah so I I've been paying like I said I don't know if it's been just fate that because I'm starting doing this or that I've just paid attention to it more but like in the last month I've really delved into conversations with people and took the time and some of it's been with clients, some of it's come like I today I haven't we had a staff meeting and we had this awesome uh gentleman coming, he's actually the parents of one of the girls I trained that's a swimmer and he just talked about leadership and just like I was sitting there just so goosebumps with the value of information I got just from listening to this guy. And it's like I think again, like you said, people miss that opportunity. You see it, like you said, you see it at parties, you see it at couples at dinner on the phones or just awkwardly staring at each other and it's like, why not just have a conversation and see where it goes? We didn't right. plan any of no. this. We're on the, the second 40-minute segment. Yeah. So an we're, hour and 40 minutes. Be doing it. I mean, that's great. And, yeah. like, and it's just it just happens and it's and there's everything's been a value. Nothing's been a waste. Yes. Not one second of my time no. or your time I feel like no. has been Everything wasted. No. Everything
1: I mean, we keep going because we want to. Yes. You know, this isn't a responsibility. This isn't paying us. It no. might one day, but the yeah. point is that this is something <laughs> we want to do and it's like you know, I I use this same and I'm going to say it one more time and this does sound really harsh and I sometimes sometimes for example the company that sponsors me uses really harsh imagery for a reason because it actually makes people freaking think and pay attention mm-hmm. you know and for that reason it also kind of filters out the weakness within you or just simply weak people to put it plainly yes um but I always remind people the simple statement and I say I say this in training these two these are two uh very different statements but a live don't wait to die yes okay that sounds harsh and it's meant to a lot of people are waiting to die they are not consciously observing their own life as it passes or playing any role in creating the environment that is their life yes. consciously or
0: maybe not necessarily waiting to die
1: but just toughing out something like retirement. Yeah, People retirement. that just look forward retirement to retirement. Retirement from life is like, they like, might as well be just laying in bed waiting yeah. for it though. You but know they, what I mean? they don't, they just yeah.
0: focus on, I just gotta get these years in and I gotta retire because then I'll be
1: at peace and, and I'll be at niece. peace then. And then, Versus, then they literally are waiting though Yeah, because then they're 75, then they literally might be waiting And they, they lost die, the meaning right? yeah, because exactly. along the way they didn't give intention to exactly. what they were doing and so try like it. That's live. why I say that so harshly. It's just because you've got to remind yourself that this is the only well, maybe it's not, but right now this is the life you got. At least that we know of, that we know. That right we now understand. this is the life that you've got. Yes. You know. So whether or not there could be a thousand other ones, but this one is this one and it's now. Make it count. So make it count. And on the same note, I always have this as a funny little, less, on a less serious note, clients, you've experienced this I'm sure, very common for me. Oh, you're killing me, you're killing me. You know, they're doing something hard. And I, I, I've said it myself, but I, my response to my clients is always the same thing because words do create our reality. I say, hold up, no, I'm making you live. I'm making you live right now. You're going through a challenge, you're actually suffering. And because of that, you're physically present. You are present, mentally present right now. You are doing this. So you're alive, you're living, I'm not killing you, I'm far from killing you. We have a quote quote board
0: at work and One day it was empty, so I decided to fill it out. And I'll be honest, I just was Googling stuff and just like seeing what made cool. And I'm always like, you know, the the rise to the challenge be basic. But then I found one that really stuck with me, and it it was an anonymous one, but it said, and this may be paraphrasing, but it was like, challenges are what make life interesting, which is true, and you need interest in life. And then overcoming challenges is what makes life meaningful. And it's that essence of, like you said, whether it be going back to training that challenge in the gym yeah. you're okay you're intrigued a little bit you're like yeah. now you have a little bit of a purpose you're like I want to hit Well, again easy examples just I want to hit a 315 squat whatever I want right. to hit that and then when you get to that point and you look back and see all the work like
1: that gives you yeah. so much meaning there's that carry over a gym to the life then, again because you can same see same thing
0: Yes, that's in your career, whatever it is, you you know. And that can even be
1: that can be, sorry, that can be quantified, which is the beautiful thing yes. of it. And so can life, though. Yes. Because we create the value of our life. This is very, um, very much uh, like, uh, not, I don't mean to say esotericism, it's existentialism largely. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do create the value of my life, right? So if I create the value back to the prophecy idea, if I can write the story of my life, when I live that story, just like I say, I want to squat 315 and then I do, it has a lot more value than if I walked in, didn't know what i wanted to do and squatted 315 i'd be like yeah i I did squat uh what is it that's 315 pounds that's what i squatted that wouldn't have very much value it's the idea that it means something that gives it that value of overcoming i remember i went through a challenge in my life i won't get deep far into it but i've definitely been in some hard places and i found myself you know going through some challenges that were very very real not in the emotional day-to-day way that most people mean today i mean the very real kind and uh I won't go deep into it, but I can tell you that I walked away with a single lesson and that was understand and overcome. Life is a process of understanding and overcoming. Mm-hmm. Those things can't be separated from each other. To overcome without understanding takes the value out of overcoming. To understand without overcoming is just knowledge without application. And I saw that largely there, you know, you have to, have the, you have to go through the suffering, you have to go through the experience to overcome something. But if you're not d- doing so presently and engaged and intentionally, you'll never understand what you've overcome. Yes. And so when, I use those kinds of things as a little relationship between each other. And
0: when you do it with that kind of purpose and you get into that mentality, that's when the, the challenges or the, the failures and the mistakes don't necessarily become the failures or the mistakes no. so much as they become lessons. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big part of our job, I think, is to help people realize that, again, why I love this stuff because it translates because not every workout session I have is going to be what I want or good, but I'm going to learn something from it. I'm going to figure something out or I'm going to change what I'm doing and try and better myself in a certain way and not get caught up necessarily on, oh, I didn't do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. And going back to, again, I think that's a big part of our job is just helping people realize that process of it's not gonna go well, and there's gonna be and I don't even like the term failures. Like I said, lessons. You there's gonna be you lessons. Learn. You
1: win or you learn. Is yes, a very exactly. Classic statement for a reason.
0: And it's and unfortunately, you see a lot of quitter mentality today, and just I, I hate the phrase "I can't" and just like and that that's a reason for not doing something. My girlfriend's father can't. says
1: "can't" means "won't try." Yes. Can't and, means and won't and "can't" try. just means
0: you're counting yourself already out of thing. Yep. Now you go and you attempt it and maybe you didn't, but you still, how would I put this without losing my train of thought necessarily, but you get past that level and all that effort put in and you understand and appreciate the work done. And then you realize also that, okay, well if I could do it like that and that wasn't so bad, yeah, I didn't get my result, but I could do that same thing again or I could do it better a little bit now and it would be the easier. The learning process makes yeah, it more harder. valuable.
1: Yeah. The learning process makes it a more valuable experience. I always tell people, if somebody approached me right now sitting here in this very place and the guy comes up to me and says, listen, buddy, you see this pill? I could give you this right now. No strings attached. And you will have the heaviest lift you ever wanted and the greatest physique you could ever inv- imagine. And you'll have it tomorrow when you wake up. You won't even have to do a single workout for it. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, well, "Shit their pants and go." Oh my God! Absolutely, I take that pill. Well, let me tell you something. Here's the difference between a mentality based on discipline and a mentality based on motivation. I would say, get, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. That—that's no, absolutely not. Uh, a disciplined man man takes that as an insult. The idea that someone would just give you everything you wanted right now without going through the experience to attain it. Yes. And and because it, it's it's in the attaining that the experience has fruit that it that it becomes ripe, you know that the experience is worthwhile enjoying and pursuing, and you get attached to the idea of outcome again only outcome. And you see it in the in the
0: fiscal financial world a lot. Yeah. And that's a that's a great lesson to be learned in in that sense. Is I, I mean I remember my parents talking about learning the value of money because yeah. if you're just handed it, and you see all the time people that get too much money too fast and guess what they don't keep it because there's doesn't yeah. there's not value because they didn't put in as much work relative to the value of what they exactly. got out of it exactly versus you see a lot of times and i had this great uh leadership seminar class probably the best class i took all of college and all it was was pretty much guest speakers and lectures and it was all all these uh top guys one was a guy from black hawk down um the, but the one i really remember is the guy who started and owns hgtv and he said when he was 22, which which is what I was at the time, I'm getting this, so he's, he's yeah. my age right now. Yeah. I'm in a college seminar. He said when he was my age, he was a janitor at a college just to help pay for some partial classes. And then I guarantee that that guy, you know, appreciates, and like I said, he owns Scripps, which is the owner of HGTV, which is, again, yeah, I don't really I mean, watch it, tremendous. but it's a big, huge company. It's tremendous. We all know that. And And it's like, you know, those people like that, that value that, and it's... You know, the, the, you hear the backstories of the people that struggled that are now on top, and you see why that they continue to stay that way and continue right. to have success right. because of the value of it. And again, the it, same thing it is... It comes with
1: inherent value because there's there's when there's more effort, there's more time, it has an inherent higher value. You know, even yes. in the popular opinion, you hear a lot of things. Now, I don't agree with this, but for example, you know, in the powerlifting world, you see a guy like Andre Milanochev, who and a lot of people listening to this won't know, but he really is one of if not the strongest power lifter really ever mm-hmm. um or dang near right and uh he's i don't know how old he is he's an older guy he could be in his 40s by this point or big z he's a journalist from from uh, world's strongest man etc guys who have won some of the most prestigious strength sports in the world and they're very old relative to the sport and when people ask them you know what's the secret and and i heard him say and one he goes uh, you know i've uh done these movements for over 25 years I've squatted and deadlifted over 25 years, so yes, I'm very good at it. Yeah. You know, and of course, that can be contrasted, and a lot of times you do hear the negative connotation attached to guys like Larry Wheels or something, right? You know, well, he's a freak. Well, he just does it that quick. And the thing is that it is amazing what he does, but it's interesting how there is this deep respect that comes along with somebody who has been doing it a long time you see an mma fighter who's still fighting in his 40s he doesn't have to be the best there's an inherent respect that comes along with the amount of time he's invested into that given pursuit Mm -hmm. you know a life of this is an ortega quote a great philosopher but a life of a life of absolute devotion to anything is a beautiful life put yourself into it for the long haul see it through and it will have value Expect something to occur overnight. It might. Will it have the same value though? Right. Maybe, maybe not, not in my And opinion.
0: that's, and, and not saying there's anything wrong with taking advantage of breaks. You know, another, no, absolutely I had not. a stats class and um, the teacher, I don't know if it's his quote. It's probably not his quote. actually it's too, too good to be his. No offense, Mr. Brock. Um, but he uh, always said, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And so, you know, when you are well-prepared and you you set yourself up for the success, and something does come along and you take it. you yeah. don't take it for granted though no. you no. you really appreciate that opportunity like like I'm more and more every day now appreciating the place that I ended up at uh, when I was switching careers, I was just kind of researching all different places and and I, since I had functional fitness kind of stood out because I was like kind of into like, ooh, functional training sounds cool, like I want to get yeah. into that." but i I, I really like didn't appreciate the the fact that I found that and then you know I you know I interviewed and got hired and it was it was like I I'd turned down some other ones and it was definitely a standout place but after being there for a year and I'm like I I got a little bit lucky now but I looked at it but you know what I did my research I found all the places yeah. I took my time I didn't say yes to the first opportunity either opportunity and it, and it was like and again that is a bit of luck and or, or more again opportunity yes that's the yeah. better word and and I don't take it for granted, you know, I, I really reflect on it more and more so each day and realize like, okay, I've got this opportunity and now, now that I do have it, how do I make the most of it? And I, I think, like you said, a lot of people want the overnight success. And I'm not um, saying, again, that things might not happen. There, there could be times where things happen quick and it's great but not to plan for that or to rely on right, that. Exactly. To set yourself well, up. Well, that's
1: become an unfortunate um, kind of... We've we have, uh, we've encouraged that too much in the 21st century. The yeah. generations our age are more, even more so... Well, the we get everything instant. I can Beneath us. the dashed right, right now. Almost yeah. instantly. We, we can... have this expectation that that's the way the world works, right? Because, you know, you can do anything even though you have no idea what you want to do. Yes. But because of that, you know, you should just get whatever you want yet you don't even really know what that is. And you, it's kind of funny, but it's like... It's the way people see it, you know what I mean? So, people come to our uh, to our profession a lot and slap 40 bucks in your hand and say, well, you know, you're my miracle pill, right? Right, right. Back to yeah. the original point, is my immediate response is, in my mind, I'm thinking, I wanna tell them the story of what I would say to that guy who asked me that, right? Yeah. And the funny thing is, have them work out for a while, even if they come in with the expectation of, hey, this is gonna to happen tomorrow, have them work out for a while, and all of a sudden, they'd change their answer to that original question, because they've learned to enjoy the process.
0: Yes, and again, going back to working out, that's because, there are no shortcuts in physical fitness. Now, you may be blessed with genetics, you may be blessed with an inherent self-awareness right. and, and good work ethic or whatever, and or you might come quicker. Or
1: to one thing or another,
0: but not But everything. regardless, it takes time and consistency yeah. and constant effort. It doesn't happen right away. Or things that do, they come with a cost, like dieting's a big one, and the everything. crash dieting, you see. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of the people that go through these big weight transformations, it's the slow and the steady and the constant sacrifice. methodical grind and patience with yep. it, not the, how can I lose Success 10 pounds in a week? Success is
1: sacrifice, yes. ultimately. Success is sacrifice. So if you lose, we live in a world that literally would close its eyes to the word sacrifice if it could and that's unfortunate you know I mean that's where a lot of these issues are stemming from and now I'm not being a negative person pointing out the world this the world that but I'm being realistic no, you know that's... the culturally we we avoid sacrifice at all cost uh, under this principle that we can have our cake and eat it too and yeah in some circumstances in some ways depending on perspective you can but the truth is everything like we talked about earlier on a totally different topic life feeds on life energy reciprocates with energy things must be traded yeah, there's always trading occurring here. You're not just, you know, a spontaneous energy creator, okay, like there's there's the trade of energy going on one way or another everything that you enjoy in your life. I can tell you right now I'm taking care of my mother for reasons I won't get into but you know everything that i was gifted and blessed by for her i am now reciprocating that's energetics right there i'm reciprocating now it's a large workload on my shoulders and and and, and a lot of energy put out and a lot of care etc and uh you're going to learn that that's true of everything in life you know sure you can take the you know you can take the weekend every day or every day to get drunk and do all these kinds of things and i'm not hating on that i like having a good drink yeah. but um you know you can do that and enjoy the the fruits of the the rewards or the fruits of the at the sacrifice of, say, your fitness or whatever it else it is, you know, your li- life and other aspects, Or you can dedicate yourself to fitness wholeheartedly, and you're going to be sacrificing some of those other things, right? So everything is sacrificed, even in a note of athletics. The better athlete you become, the more, the more the sacrifice is not training. Yes. The less of an athlete you are or, or a lifter or whatever, the more the sacrifice is training. So and it's all relative.
0: Unfortunately, like today society's just been conditioned that that there's something a little bit off with that or wrong with that and it's it's tough to balance doing stuff like that and trying to make that sacrifice and and the weird thing is i find it's it's kind of it's it's easy for me to do it with myself it's harder for me to do it in my relationships because it's like you don't want to people to think that you're not or they're not worth your time or anything mm. like that yeah, and, you don't want to feel immoral. Yeah, you don't want to feel that way. And, and, and it's all about balance, and you do need to make time for relationships yeah. and everything else that goes along with it. But I think a lot of people get caught up and so dependent on that end of it that they lose sight in their own self and realize it's not a selfish endeavor to, to want to improve, no. but it's a, it's a higher calling to yourself. And that I think if everyone got along on the same page with that, that they understood each other's ways of of wanting to better themselves and spending more time on themselves then it wouldn't be this like you know i I get this worry i get this fear that i I don't see my friends as much anymore especially like my older friends i rarely see them and i don't want them to think i don't ever think about them or that they're not a part of my life anymore but it is like you know what is my main goal and and i think that a lot of people don't have that main goal so that they rely too much on the interdependence of each other interdependence,
1: or or really yeah, interdependence, or dependence, dependence, more appropriately. I yeah. mean, that becomes dependence rather than in independent interdependence. And it's a dangerous thing because you have to recognize that, well, one individual improving improves their social group. When the social group no longer improves at the rate of the individual, it's going to change a little bit here. I'm not doing that whole, hey, leave the people who aren't as cool as you behind thing. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that... um Growth is is mutual mm-hmm. ultimately in our lives, in our relationships. If we if we strive to better ourselves and we strive to better our in-group, or vice versa, strive to better your in-group and you will better yourself. Strive to better yourself and you will better your in-group, whatever mm-hmm. that relationship may be that we're talking about here. Yeah. But you know, if I if I improve my own standing in the world and my own standing within myself my girlfriend, my mother, my best friends, my gym friends are only bound to profit from that, assuming they themselves are not in a state of resentment. Yeah. But um, and I, that's, I look at everything that way. That's one of the main goals of doing
0: this type of thing is to, I think, and and that's, again, again the, the Joe Rogan influence, but that's one of the things that influenced me to start realizing when you hear other people talk about that, because I think everyone has a little bit of that inside them, but they don't want to be that outlier, that, person that everyone else looks to that actually puts themselves puts out, themselves there, out there to do it people
1: are very scared to put out and themselves i think the more there. people
0: yeah. hear about other people doing it and talking about because i i'm telling you right now i i'm the happiest i've ever been in this pursuit because i just realize how everything comes together and i'm not I'm saying, saying i know everything but I, i'm seeing some things though i'm yeah. realizing and i've picked up on it and that this this pursuit lifestyle the climbing the mountain journey is a great way to live and if you can get everyone on the same page, I think if if everyone around me lived on that same page and everyone around them lived on that same page in the whole community, then everyone would feel that same success and everyone would be on the top of that mountain together. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's reminding where we'd be. ourselves
1: that we're we are where we are right now and the statistical fact like us having this conversation just statistically is low. In the first place yes sir right but we are doing it and i mean reminding myself of that realizing that increases the value of the situation exactly and so again
0: going back to one of the main goals if this can inspire other people to just find themselves in a certain way and start talking to other people i'm not saying you have to listen to the two hours that we spent talking and that it's all useful information but if you get a little something out of it that just helps you push in that direction then you know we've done our job if not I still enjoyed talking to you. I yeah. enjoyed sitting Likewise. down for this. Likewise. And hopefully we got a little bit of personal growth out of this. I
1: mean, I think we absolutely, you walk away from every circumstance through growth because we said it all, said it already, but you do win or you learn. So every, nothing, nothing is wasted, right? Even if you talk about things you didn't want to talk about, now you know you didn't want to talk about that yes. or listen to it. So for that matter, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have been on your podcast. I'm grateful to have gotten some, uh, gotten some thoughts and some words out. Drake, it's been a pleasure. I guess we should. Wrap
0: this up and keep the on our second hour. Yeah, we'll we'll start slow. We'll do this yeah. again for sure sometime Absolutely. soon. Until um, next time. Exactly. Uh for anyone listening, come check out Drake Eaton at Paramount Fitness. If you're on the West Side or East Siders, you want to come over, visit me over at Cincinnati Functional Fitness. Both great places to train, both great places to get better. So with that, we'll uh we'll wrap.